Hello and welcome to episode 439 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, a place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. My name is Vince Hunt and joining me as always is the creator of the comic series Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And he's the man who framed Roger Rabbit. He's also known as Tony Esmond. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just said... Why is Tina Turner in my search bar? And you went, she's dead. dead. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it like that. <laughs> a bit more, a bit more venom and hatred where you sorry said it. To, yeah, sorry to be so disrespectful about you, Tina Turner. Look, yeah. don't be so cruel to me, gents, because I keep the outtakes. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm just running a nice bath, boys. Yeah. <laughs> we did sing a bit of private dancing, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We did. a we little sing along for yeah. you, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a cracking tune, and everyone should. Go and listen to it once they finish listening to this episode. When you listen to it, don't do what I did when I was 16. <laughs> that could be a great many things. But what we do yeah. now, <laughs> that we're old up and miserable, we talk about comics every week. <laughs> we <laughs> hope you enjoy the Three Amigos show that's that's coming out. Yeah. And if you clicked because of my clickbaity title again... <laughs> <laughs> we got you! It's because you wanker! <laughs> <laughs> I will do anything for the download number to go up. No, we we are talking about some of comics' greatest rivalries um, in storylines, and some of our personal mm-hmm. our personal favourites. And we'll be talking about like a rivalry. Is, Not in is real a, life. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. All no, our rivals are dead. No, all the <laughs> laying bloody at our feet. Oh, that reminds me of a line from The Bear I was watching uh, again for the other day. If you haven't watched it, it's a great show. Guy turns up in a suit and goes, oh, you wear, why are you wearing a suit? You going to a funeral? He goes, yeah, a funeral of all my enemies. Fucking great line. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Better than a one, one finger wank, isn't it? Let's face it. <laughs> trying to figure That's out. a new don't, one don't, 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 don't try to figure out the science of it, Vince. Yes. <laughs> The science is the the scientific fact is we're going to be talking about some fun comic stuff. Science facts, this, yeah. <laughs> science facts. That's why that's why people listen to this show for the Damn boys the intelligent, <laughs> the intelligent content that we get every week. And uh, if you are uh, a regular listen listener, then expect the usual sort of nonsense you have with the three amigos. If you're a new listener, buckle up because <laughs> because at some point, actually no, it's already gone off the rails. Yeah. But yeah, it's we got will, bad early, isn't it? We will, yeah. of course, have some great recommendations. Plenty of cool stuff for you to check out in the show. And uh, as always, our topic, we want you to get involved as, as well. So yep. keep the conversation mm. going. But before we give you all of that stuff... It's many more than we're going to quote, I'm going to say. Yeah. I've blasted off on the socials a couple of questions. Oh. But like you said, the, the topic is so vast that I yeah. think all between the two of us, we could fucking talk all night about yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We've got yeah. three favourites, haven't we? That's what we've yeah. got. Yeah. If we don't mention Batman and Joker, I'd be like, yes, because I found I thought it was a bit obvious. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit obvious. But before on. we get to hang, it, hang on. Just change it. Quickly change it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, yes, but of course, it has been kind of uh, after our last week's show where we, um, for the first time in all our years, we sort of focus on Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Mm. Yes, Doctor no, Who comics. Actually, actually yeah. Doctor Who and their comics. Um, obviously, the pop culture world was uh, bustling, and we talk. You know, go back and check out last week's show if you if you haven't already. Nice dudes, weren't they? Yeah, stuff, yeah if you're a Doctor like Who that. fan, man, that's your that's your yeah. jam. Yeah, but it kind of coincided with a quite a a great new a book that has just been released by one of our 
good friends, isn't that right, Tony? If you want to take it away, yeah. So I was just admitting to you, and I was just admitting to Eamon on the text that it, poor old old sentimental Tony, as you know me, got a bit choked up at this over the weekend. So we had um, Star Beast, which is the comic by Pat Mills and Dave Gibbons uh, from Doctor Who Weekly, from I believe it was nineteen eighty. Mm-hmm. Finally made it as a TV episode for the new the start of the new three specials and got a lot of publicity, didn't it? I think it's fair yeah. to say. God, yeah, yeah, Even yeah. if you're not a Doctor Who fan, you've never watched Doctor Who before, the likely is that you will have seen something around this. Mm. Now, in the run-up to it, there's been a lot of talk about it being from a comic, which is absolutely lovely. I mean, even... It's rare. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. just saying that. I think comics got more publicity through this one episode of Doctor Who than a raft of DC and Marvel product, you know, movies and oh, TV. Totally, yeah. Yeah. And even Russell T. Davis and David Tennant, because uh, Russell T. Davis decided to do it because he's a massive fan of the comic story. He thinks it's one of the best, if not the best. And they went on the one show and talked about Pat and Dave on there. Yeah. And I obviously us loving mm. those two guys, you know, they're like, we owe our childhoods to those guys in many ways, don't we? You know, big chunks it, of it, certainly. For me, it says a lot that, like, we're coming back. We need to kind of just set the f- series on a good footing from the off. This is this is the story we're going to run with, and I think yeah. they they made an excellent choice. Yeah, I think they really did, and I think it it, it reads perfectly. I mean, it was originally a Tom Baker story. Um, the history of it is originally a Tom Baker story, and then it became a audio play from Big Finish, sort of five or six years ago, and Tom Baker voiced it. Which is imagine that how good is that? Oh man! Um, and then obviously David, Ten- I think David Tennant to me is the new Tom Baker. So. Tom Baker kind of is the one that's in the hearts of a lot of us. But I think for the newer generation, David Tennant is the new favourite. You know, it doesn't seem to be anyone who's bettered him no. than, for me. I, I, obviously, that's subjective, but I would say, like, he is looked as looked at as that, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I watched it last night, and the, do you know the best thing? I know Pat's – well, firstly, Pat sent me an email today, just said, hail to the meat, Tony. That's all it said. He just said he's like so so pleased, so excited by it. You know, just brilliant. And the the you know what the best thing is when the the credits rolled and I was sitting there with a the takeaway watching it all excited. The the name of this the you got the two main stars, the Doctor Who the you know, and then the name of the story written by Russell T Davis with Pat and Dave next to that name. Yes, the, the first few names named on it, not hidden in the credits at the end of it. No. But front, front and centre, center. Yep. fucking spot on. That's mm. that's what I needed. Yeah, you know that's what comics needs. Yeah, they're like they're you know they're trawling our childhoods. That's a polite word for what it's, I was going to say. You know, and they're not they're not crediting these people properly. Mm. It's mad that um, and in this sort of day and age, that like the BBC are the ones you know the, the, this big corporation are the ones actually giving credit to people that have had anything to do with it or like you know and like paying the right kind of people you know you would think yeah you would think it'd be the smaller people that like like to indeed s- yeah. like to speak all righteous um yeah. and all it takes is like a couple of creators to go no we need to credit the, the right people for this yeah. that's I, mean, I, I, I presume can... that's russell t davis because that's yeah. fantastic yeah. i've got yeah. to say yeah i mean i was around pat's house when he got a skype call about this years ago and you know what? I've had to sort of hold on to it, you know. And yeah. Pat, Pat's kept a lot, kept it all secret from me. But he can, he can finally say that they didn't have to pay Pat and Dave. So the situation is, Panini hold the rights to it, the comic strip now, yeah. So they had to, by all, you know, I don't know, legal terminology, they had to pay P- 
Panini the right the rights money for, to use it. But they decided Bad Wolf and the BBC decided to pay Pat and Dave for it. Um, they didn't have to, and because it's Pat and John Wagner's names on the credit, it's actually Pat who wrote it. But they were part of a partnership, so they shared credit on occasion, occasionally on things. The they actually offered money to John Wagner, and this is comes from the book I'm about to mention. And John Wagner said, "No, I didn't write it." What a fucking yeah, mate, that's honest, great. Ah, oh, decent yeah. people, man. Finally, yeah. you know. Um. So the so to co- coincide with the release of this episode and if you if you can get access to it or if you're in the uk or you can get access to iplayer elsewhere there's a thing called unleashed which has got um pat and um i think russell t davis had he tested for covid so he couldn't meet with them on the set but they meet and dave meet david tennant who literally runs over to them yes he's got he's got a copy of doctor who weekly on him that he gets them to sign it's like the best thing yeah you know, and then they're seeing their creations there. But to coincide with that, they came out this morning. Came out the um, Page Turners by Pat Mills, which is um, a book. You can get it as an ebook, or you can get it as um, a hard, hardback, uh, uh, soft cover book from Amazon. Um, and it's a lot of writing process stuff. I know we on the on the drink and draw. Hi to everyone that came along on on Friday. It was a good giggle. But we what we did do is we went through a number of different how to write books and how relevant we they thought we thought okay. they were to comics and stuff and how good they were. And I got to tell you. This book, there's a lot in it that you will learn from, from the way Pat approaches stuff. And there's also stories about what he's written for and how it's turned out and how it hasn't turned out. And, and there's a bit, there's a big few chapters on Doctor Who at the back. Some of it you may as may have seen if you signed up to his Substack, but it's certainly been tweaked and added to and stuff like that since then. Um, and if you're on the pay version of his Substack, you get sent, I got sent it for free very early this morning. Um and, and I read it. I mean, I was chatting to Eamon, Eamon Clark from Megacy Book Club. We were chatting throughout the afternoon about it, and we were we were loving it. It's it's such a good book, so full of Pat in it. You know, you can hear his voice, which is one mm. of the main things I like about it. And he talks about a lot of stuff that you didn't talk about in Kiss My Axe and um, Be Pure, Be Vigilant. There's a load of stuff in there, especially about the like the big finish, uh, all the rights issues. There's a lot of stuff early on about what who to trust, who not to trust, how to write, how not to write what you should look for in a deal, what you know, what you should look for in a story, how to write a story, different kinds of stories. There's loads in there. It's really good. Um, yeah, so it's called Page Turns. It's currently print-on-demand on Amazon, which if, if you guys have bought anything print-on-demand recently, I think it turns up like the following day pretty much. It turns up bloody quick because I've, yeah. I've done it. Yeah, it turns up very quickly. Can't recommend it more than enough. More than I'm going to be buying it as a present. I've got to tell you now, nice. it's brilliant. Yeah, I read it on the digital download, but I wanted a hard copy as well. But I'll, I'll definitely be buying other copies of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'd treat myself to that for. Uh, I think it's only nine ninety nine. It's not yeah, it's not an expensive book or anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's so lovely to see comics front and center. People Agreed. talking about comics. Yeah, I mean, like the, uh, I'd love it if people started investigating. The, the Doctor Who comics, maybe they could have like short up some reprints or stuff because I'm sure people would have gone back to the comics if they were. Well, like... the I know they've just put out the um, Pat John <laughs> Wagner and uh, Dave Gibbons Doctor Who in a collection. I think IDW or someone, or was it Titan or someone, have put it out. If you check on Amazon, you'll find it. Oh, um, okay. but I know that uh, Mark Miller was replying to Pat today saying he'd asked his, his comic shop guy and he said copies of that issue have gone from £20 to like £300. Um, and it's currently not cheap to find on eBay at the moment. Yeah. No. Yeah, I can well imagine. I yeah. Can well imagine the very book that uh, David Tennant got signed as well. That issue. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, make it, it double the price or or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's yeah, fantastic. But... Yeah, I mean, uh, the, you can tell like the the show's got a, biz, a bit of Disney money behind it because yeah, the kind of the sets and the, the I noticed more the shots where like okay. uh, in Doctor Who when they're kind of working on the smaller budget they have to have kind of like tighter shots. Yeah. Whereas in that you was kind of like, getting these big crane shots of Camden, and, like in a street, and I said, like, oh yeah, yeah there, there's there's the budget there. That looks that's great. Like it just pretty big cast, nice action shot yeah. scenes. You know, that's the crashed spaceship in it. You know, brilliant. Yeah, really interesting stuff. Those um, aliens, you know, the the kind of the bounty hunter ones. I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. They yeah. were absolutely spot on to the. They comic. looked exactly and the meat exactly as well. Like the it. Meat yeah, was yeah, so good. Hmm. Was, oh yeah, there's certain bits of that show. I was like, they've done this really fucking well. Yeah, I was grinning all the way through it, watching it all the way through, mm-hmm. grinning, big grin on my face, thinking, "Fucking great." Yeah. It's nice, you know. It'd be nice to see more of like these little moments where people people are acknowledging the source. I mean, yeah. it, it go it goes beyond comics anyway, doesn't it? Really, but um, just from time immemorial, like all it takes is is one creator that's responsible for this for for this product being put out to go. We need to give them the credit. Man, yeah, this year. I don't want to be that the the anti corporate dude i often slide into but like a corporation would just wouldn't even consider that but it was mm. it's up to a person to make that decision and sort of say no actually we're going to do this you know it seems to be to. russell t davis i'm going to say yes yeah. yeah i don't know for sure but i kind of guess that he was I, certainly a big part of it i know? get the impression it is him obviously i don't know but uh as from yeah. what i can tell it seems like he's like well no no we're going to do this because it's the mm. right thing to do yeah. which is fucking great i mean i mean there's been sort of moments in the part in their own kind of way of other people sort of showing respect to these creators like the the simonsons when they were brought to the thor set i think they're in thor mm. one aren't they yeah they are in, yeah in the, in the background yeah, stuff and stalin's so, in one of them yeah it? yeah and it, all it takes is someone to go look you know at the very least let's get them here and actually sort of witness this you know it's um but, but to say it from a comic you know from a story by you know just yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. If only all the Marvel Marvel movies, you know, they're kind of on the decline now. But, everyone's but, admitting that. Yeah. I mean, if only they did that. But then, the you know? but, but the yeah, the issue now is, um, well, as as, as I see it, um, a lot of these movies are adaptions are adaptions in name only because they usually end up just changing so dramatically. Yeah, um, I think maybe the one isn't the Winter Soldier. Yeah. No. I think that was one I would think they, although he was in it, he, who's, um, who's the actor, he's the comic writer who's in it? He reckons he earns more out of that one line he had in that movie than he does out of comics every year, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. Man, I don't know. Brew, oh, Brew Baker, Brew Baker. Brew Baker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's for, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just write this story for you, hand it over to this movie that makes a billion dollars. You need to do like a contract in future. Like if there's a film coming out, I've got to say a line in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. And I get to choose it. That that that. <laughs> Proven I'll, reason. I'll be back. No, I don't think you can say. No, that you can't one. say that. Yeah. You can't say that. Um. <laughs> anyway, I've done a poo. Speaking of, <laughs> Tony says that every week on the show. I do. Uh, <laughs> speaking of back, back to the rest of the show. Baby's got back. I don't know what that means. It means he got a big ass. Is that what he means? Yeah. Dan Never but- realised that. Dan, I thought she meant she'd Dan come Butcher back. There. Damn. Dan Butcher, just uh, with letting us know the important and, information. And Dan, Mate, I wouldn't want you to kind of go through the rest of the life ignorant as to people saying "baby's got back." You're like, what the fuck are they talking about? I want you to know. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, thank you. We really, really Informing. appreciate. Informing. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's the sort of high quality <laughs> content that you can expect from this show. Job done week, now. We week can... on week. Job see, you, see you next week, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, because what would our rivals say? <gasps> yes. Rivals? Nothing, because they're none. Yeah. No, we've but, we've killed the rivals. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, as we said on the outset of this show, I think for a comic book character, or or a comic book in general, to have like a a long-reigning lifespan in a a lot of ways, especially with a a character that is almost sort of done in mini-arcs, mini-stories, there's not one big epic tale, a nice rivalry is just the ticket for both emotional investment um just cool act you know cool action and design and everything mm. and it, it i think it it goes i think since the start of comics there's always been here's the hero and here is their major you know their major villain the yep. ultimate rival and we we thought let's talk about like a marriage some, <laughs> let's talk about some of our well it could possibly yeah let's talk about some rivalries that we like which we don't. I mean, I haven't told the chaps what I've, I've. Paid no, we haven't told each other. Have we? Told yeah. each, so we may have some crossover, um, and certainly you. We might. Well, we won't mention ones oh. that you at home love. Um, do we have some shoutouts? Do we have a few mentions from the? I don't think we've got any yet. We. No. Let me go back to the Twitter thread and. Oh God! I see. Uh, oh, by the way, we're on Instagram. Everyone get on Instagram. Oh, yes, the Instagram account. Yeah. Uh, no, I did do it very late in the day. So, uh, <laughs> so but keep, apologies. but in the Slack community, and certainly like when we post up this episode, let us know of your favourite rivals or ones we missed out and why you like these kind of things. Um, because, I don't know, they just... I mean, let's start with this. Before we start naming them, what, what for you do you enjoy about a comic book rivalry and what makes it, it good? Yeah. I've got a couple of things I'm going to talk about a little bit as we go along, but one of the main things is don't overuse them. Fair play, yeah. There's yeah. got to be a jeopardy and there's got to be a, genu- a genuine threat when this villain turns up. So if you have them twice a year, it ain't working. Even if you have them once a year, it ain't working, especially mm. in the way the comics work at the moment because they're going to be in a comic for four issues, aren't they, mm. at least. But you need to surprise them every so often and they need to be a genuine threat. Yeah, when they I think some of them. Like, oh, Magneto is up. not a Magneto is not a threat to the X Men anymore. But there is no. a cover going round round about him being brought back to life at the moment, being advertised saying the biggest threat to the X Men. He hasn't been the it's biggest not. threat to the X Men fucking thirty years. Yeah, it, it's tricky yeah. as well. Like when you have these characters that are going to last for decades, etc. And especially if you're a villain, like your hero, you're going to have like your rival, your constant, your nemesis that you're going to go up against. Um, part of the the point of a villain and their whole role is to lose over and over. So how do you? But how do you make that villain still be that threat? How do you make them still? You know, bat. We, I think we can say we've avoided Batman and the Joker. Hopefully, uh, um, hopefully, um, it is one of the classic ones. I think everyone that would be one of the first ones that people mention actually. Yeah. Uh, ba- Batman's got many different rivalries, but that would be a, a, a top one. But the Joker has essentially he hasn't won over Batman. Uh, I, I say too many times he hasn't won over Batman because Batman's still kicking, he's still going. So for a, for a villain to still be a threat, 
when over and over again over the years they are losing aren't they the, the bad guys have to lose against the, the hero yeah to make that still be a character that you, you're invested be a threat in. yeah because yeah. after a while it's like you know it's, it's like any any sports person or sports team you know you have these rivalries but if one of them's losing all the time everyone will be like no there's no point i'm not invested yeah. in this because i know they're gonna get to be... their ass kicked yeah yeah exactly it needs to be a very close run thing, which is one, which is kind of where I went a bit with my first one actually around that. That's quite an interesting point. In- interesting. Um, so, um, mm. obviously, we're going to do a round robin. We're going to do a round each. So, mm. I think with that in mind, Tony, do you want to kick us off with that one? All right, baby cake. So, my first one is Ultron versus the Avengers. Oh, yeah, it's a yeah. classic. A single being of immense power that can take on Earth's mightiest heroes, and I think, I. Th- don't think for me he's been overused yet and he is a genuine massive threat i mean depending on how he's played there's not a single avenger he can't beat toe to toe do you know what i mean hmm. i yeah. don't there's there's no one he can't stand up to in in a one on one interaction so having him a single person and it, it depends how they play him because sometimes he has like clones you know, all this sort of thing going on, doesn't he? But created by Roy Thomas, big John Basima back in Avengers 54 uh, and in the comics created by Hank Pym. Um, but actually, of all the movie characters, physically very like him, to be fair. I thought that was okay, although the, the origin stuff was okay. It was different. Yeah. Um, his powers change a little bit depending on his appearances mm. and it depends on what story he's in. Sometimes he's made of vibranium, sometimes he's made of adamantium, sometimes he's made of other things. Which makes him like just lethal, you know. Even Thor yeah. can't stand up against him sometimes. Um, I always remember him from back in the day with the first Secret Wars. That was a, I think that's the first time I encountered him. Right, you know, and they were on the two ships. You got like the good guys in one ship and bad yeah. guys another, and immediately he kicks off and starts fucking trying to kill everyone on yeah. all the villains because that's what he is, and they can't stop him. The only thing that's able to stop him is Galactus, and no good sign to us. Yeah, no. there's none of this like, oh, but secretly he's just a tortured no, soul. No, Fuck no. all that. He's just yeah. a bastard. Um, I like the sort of, there's almost to <laughs> me like a, a mirror. Just a yeah. bastard, yeah. I like, there's almost a mirror with him and the vision as well. There's this sort of cold, deadly creature, and you've got this, mm. the vision who, whilst powerful, is is also kind of soul searching and trying to become human, you know. But I mean, the vision the was about long before things, data, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, we're like. I think for some of these um, these characters who are created as, as a rival, they can't just be there to like be the bad guy and be beaten, and be the bad guy and be beaten. And they they mix things up. The creators mix things up, and like Ultron, like created something which which then became like a massive part of the Marvel universe. Yeah, well, there's also Jocasta as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, who, let's face it, pretty fit robot um <laughs> for an android you know what i mean you yeah pro- probably well i'm saying but yeah you've got this sort of, this sort of <laughs> just sort of boys you got this sort of dualism um go you know this he's he's there's there's no good side to him i, I love the design of his mask as well oh brilliant there's, yeah there's just a sort yeah. of nasty evil maniacal i mean there's there's shades of, of doom there aren't there but it's... unstoppable it's like yeah. that Doctor Doctor Doom mask in it, in almost like a, a perfect design that no one should ever change. Yeah, have they? Okay. Yeah, have they ever really changed it? I don't. Have, for, I don't. For have Ultron. History. Yeah, 
felt yeah like. a little bits here and there yeah it's it's it's, it's very much depends on the, what the storyline does and who's drawing it i think um yeah there's a there's a there, it's changed for, uh, frank cho did a great one and frank cho's one's great but the yeah, uh, yeah some blue seamers one i really i really do like great about the design is it's one of those designs that people can play with and it still has the integrity of what the design do you know what i mean you can have yeah. your own little spin on it and it still remains what it is it's it's a lovely kind of it's also uh, got that silver to it dan as well the, yeah, the, yeah. the reflective surface there's some artists i mean george perez does a brilliant silver body doesn't he mm. you know like the surfer like jacasta like ultron this this is just a beautiful thing because you get reflections in it yeah. You get like the fire from his mouth in it and stuff like that as well. That's another good thing. Yeah. Kind of the the silver body is completely unadorned. It's not about looking designed yeah. a certain way. It's just pure function. And like you get the energy coming out of his mouth. He's like bursting with it. He's got so much yeah. kind of power and shit to bring to the fight. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a that he, he, that you know you, you feel like if you put you know he's, he's just sort of burning things to. He's burning the world down with that sort of anger, almost. Is that that sort of the the face is just anger all the time? Origin wise, yeah. what he was he created by Pym to sort of like test the Avengers or, or fight the Avengers, and he would come along and save the day and say, "Look, I, I'm back in the." I Avengers can't remember. Now. I I, I can remember. I can remember that because he was a different sort of more sort of like 1960s robot looking thing to start yeah. with. I'm not sure if he was just given a consciousness. I can't remember. To be fair, I can it see it in my head and I can't remember it. Yeah, improving wasn't it about when he yeah. died? He would learn from that. Yeah. 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 So yeah. even if you beat him, you know, the next time round, he that he might not be as vulnerable to that last time you got him. Yeah. I liked his voice in the movie. Who's the actor who did that? James um, Spade. I like yeah, James Spade. I like his I liked his voice. Thought it worked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was fine that film. Yeah. I, mm. I know there's not a lot of love for uh Age of Ultron, but in retrospect, I think yeah, 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 yeah. I don't mind it, yeah. 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 Perhaps I was Good. too harsh on you. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad now. Yeah, like an earlier girlfriend, you were was much better. Yeah. The uh, oh, that's me. That's my first one. Who, who's next? I can uh, go next. Go on. You want? Yeah, my one. Uh, it's not not. It's a bit of a jokey one in a way, but it's uh, Cap versus Batroc the Leaper. <laughs> yeah, because great fight, Cap, man. Kirby's yeah, fight. Yeah, Cap would always kind of be up to something and. Batroc always kind of so Batroc is kind of uh, an acrobat and master of savat. Which when I was a kid, I was like, "Or oh, savat," and it's like the French art of foot fight. And I think Batroc says, and he's always flying around, flying kick, trying to take out Cap. And he sort of sees himself as kind of Cap's equal, and perhaps like two World War Two fighter pilots. He sort of sees there's kind of like these are men of honor who battle each other to kind of uh, see who's the best. But Cap, for him, the kind of it's just he's he's a guy getting in his way, and he's he's got no kind of real animosity or dislike for him one way or another. So, it, it, Batroc always ends up very invariably trying to take him out. Cap beats him. Sometimes they often kind of they work together against the bad guy when Batroc feels like the maybe the bad guy's overstepping a bit or he's not doing he's things. A mercenary, right. basically, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. a mercenary. Uh, he often he. I remember him most for is the like the cat run of the the eighties. He's constantly working for the Red Skull in that. Yeah, and uh, I read up briefly on him. Do you know what uh, Modok stands for? He's an agent of Modok. Uh, yeah, it's um, oh, 
Mobile. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, they've changed it actually twice, a couple of times. Mobile, can they? The what it says here is the mercenary organization dedicated only to killing. Oh, okay. It's, it's a bit on the nose that. <laughs> like, yeah, I thought it was mobile something dedicated. Yeah, could be. But yeah, yeah. So, can you break in and nick this thing for us, or guard this house for us? No, only kill people. Don't <laughs> don't do don't do that. One of my favorite Batroc things, well, two favorite is the Kirby fight. That yep. the sort of the horizontal panel thing they do in that, it's just beautiful. And also his moustache. I like a moustache. Yes. Kind of villain. You he's know. kind of he's got those kind of like Wolverine style wings on his mask that are black, and he has like a French moustache that kind of like flicks <laughs> yeah. up to sort of mirror it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Kirby had met that many. Well, I suppose he had met a lot of French people, didn't he, during the war? But uh, maybe Stan he's a stereotypical yeah. comic book French person. Zitalos, yeah. Captain, yeah. you cannot beat yeah. me, etc. What's your name? Deja vu. Have we not met somewhere before? before? <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Straight out of uh, Top Secret. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he's a fascinating character, a great one to sort of uh, have around. And while it's not like a kind of a classic uh, Batman versus Superman, uh, sorry, Batman versus Joker kind of deal, uh, it, it's always when we were discussing the subject, he was the first, this was the first one I went to. Oh, cool. to, should I say? I think there's a big, there's a big thing here for us because we're just choosing our favorites is who do you like reading about? Yeah, that's the big part of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, I've read enough Joker stories for a while. Yeah, I don't need to read yeah. any more Batman yeah. Joker I liked it when he turned up in, uh, was it Winter Soldier? That's arguably one of my better MC, more favoured MCU films. And oh, he's in the start, that. he fights, he does then it he, in one he, kick or something. He? Yeah. he stands up against Cap and he's only a normal bloke. It's like, oh, okay, there you go. I, I didn't expect him. To, I think he appears later on in some other, one of the other films briefly, but right, it's not okay. the, the classic Batrock the Leaper, but it is what it is. Yeah, he's like an MMA guy or something. He that dude? Is that right? Yeah, I think probably. So. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is nowadays, isn't it? Watching a bit of MMA. <laughs> oh dear. So bad enough um... for that living in Croydon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every day's yeah, MMA day. Yeah. I get beat down every day in my house. Yeah. Going to McDonald's MMA. Knee strike. So, um, before I tell you uh, my first my first one, um, uh, I've just looked at mine and realised that all of mine are Marvel. <laughs> oh, right. Runs. I did think about other ones, but then I, I, I looked at it thinking, well, which one's sort of stuck out to me like in my formative years as well of reading comics um and just i'm two-thirds marvel yeah yeah spoilers what about you dan uh i've gone for a mix actually i've gone for one marvel one dc and i've got one manga oh Oh, okay oh saucy um there yeah (laughs) and i have um my first one is very much it's visceral uh, one of the characters isn't really my... I'm not a big fan of this character anymore, but I used to be back in the day. And certainly, it's a classic rivalry that's been handled by many different creators over the years. It's the sort of thing that every so often you can just drop these two back in and just have a fight. Something's going to kick off. Uh, it's in the X-Men universe. And it's uh, Wolverine and Sabretooth. Hey, okay. that's a good shout. Um... Overused now? Probably now. I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't probably read read a Wolverine book now. He's got uh, he's got his own ongoing pretty much yeah. all the time. Like oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. When he used to turn up and just slice each other up. Yeah, 
Um, well, I, I first encountered him in um, Pam and Iron Fist. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I got yeah, a feeling yeah. that might be where he, he premiered. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's much like Wolverine appeared in the Hulk. It's not like Sabretooth appeared in an X-Men comic. He appeared someone else, didn't he? Yeah, he was um, quite a threat to them in that. Yeah, he was yeah. a good character. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it was just, I think, and it harkens back to the Mutant Massacre, sort of Alan Davis, you know, fight. Just something in comics that just sticks with you. I've mentioned it many times in it, in this book. But that's also was kind of one he's of still my a first... threat, isn't he? He's still he's still an absolute a threat threatened. to Wolverine. And, yeah, and Sabretooth is he's just a really fucking cool character that I think sort of exists outside of the bubble of a lot of uh, those that the the X worlds kind of villains. You know, a lot of villains are they're either these maniacal godlike beings or their groups of mutants or, or groups of like you know mutant hating people blah 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 a saber tooth is a very much seems like it doesn't play well with others kind of person who's just got a particular vendetta with one person and it i keeps... do like that loner thing yeah i do like uh, he likes his own company he doesn't put up really put up with many other people yeah i do like that yeah, yeah. Yep, and um, obviously the Jim Lee era was one of the ones that sort of absolutely kicked it for me. I mean, I I'm a huge fan of that sort of Jim Lee design. You know, he's got like the headpiece and his is sort of oh yeah, another one. Yeah, less sort of like he doesn't have like bare feet there, does he? He's got like um, he's got like not shoes, but because um, the original design he's got that sort of fur collar, hasn't he? And yeah, yeah, and it, he's more animalistic, but um, around it looks like, a bit like Craven the Hunter sometimes in his yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was a huge fan of like the Sabretooth design, which was used in the comic book, uh, the cartoon universe as well. Um, but and, and it's just like you say, Tony. You know, probably don't need to see it again. Um, but you could say that about so so many of these. There's another one that I don't need to see ever again but... until someone does it in a fresh way. That's yeah. the thing that surprises me. You know, the, the, when he was on the Weapon X team, I actually found that quite interesting. I didn't mind that, but yeah. like you say, when he, he's turning up, you know, he's been sent to kill someone, and yeah. Wolverine goes to intervene. We've seen that many yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I like the whole idea of like him and Wolverine have kind of run into each other loads of times over the years and carved each other up, and their backstory is a bit kind of. Yeah, yeah, mysterious. When they kind of start opening up too much, that yeah. it's not as interesting now. Yeah, I don't... have they softened him as a villain over the years? I think they have. Uh, yeah. I think they have. I mean, mm. even though I was a fan of it at the time, and during the Phalanx Covenant, which was an arc that I really liked, enjoyed it as well at the time when it felt like real stakes. Um, he was obviously with the X Men. Mm. Um, that was that was pre Age of Apocalypse, I believe, because maybe they were testing out the waters of Sabretooth. Obviously, okay. be, being a, he was part of the X Men in Age of Apocalypse, wasn't he? Oh he yeah, was yeah. Um, he looked really cool in that, but um, yeah, he was the Hannibal Lecter underneath yeah. the X Mansion, and uh, you know, I like that. But there is that, and they, they do these with so many villains. Yeah, this villain's cool. At some point, they're going to be a hero. At some point, but I, I yeah. be careful of that because you need to start bringing in new blood yeah. to to fill out those. Yeah. You can't often can't walk it back. You can you can sometimes, but not yeah. always, can yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. And the problem with these sort of stories being, you know, these rivalries being done so many times, because at the basis of it, uh, of this rivalry, um, they are two characters, two similar kind of characters. They've been created, you know, they were same sort of flavor style characters work well together to just have a fight 
a fight like no one else in this particular universe can because they're animalistic and god help anyone that gets in the way it's usually like these are in the middle of nowhere or you know they, they will smash a whole building up just the two of them just tooth and tooth claw nail everything else it's all about just two people meeting up to have a scrap there's mm. there's never really a Ha ha! So all this time I've been trying to, I've been slowly poisoning you. Yeah. You know, there, there's none I'm of that. Not. It's like someone turning up and going, "I'm going to fucking kill you this time," and the yeah. other person saying, "No, I'm going to kill you this time." And you've got to respect that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. 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 Usually, the uh, what they're trying to do like goes out the window as well. As in, like, if I can always remember, if like Wolverine had something to do, and yeah. like Sabretooth turns up, I'm fighting. Yeah, like, fuck yeah. your plan. Yeah, yeah. But they're like. <laughs> I think one of the beautiful things about like when there was the mutant massacre issue, which was like the first time in comics that they kind of properly fought, but that was a case of Wolverine happened to be there with Betsy Braddock at the time, and this guy turned up. So the stakes are there's this massive fight going on, but he's trying to keep someone else safe at the same time. Mm. So Wolverine can't be fully Wolverine. But I think part of with this what i like about this is the simplicity of these sort of rivalries that are visceral and here's a long-standing character someone turns up to to fight them they have a massive fight fantastic wonderful we can move on do you know what i mean something else moves on they they both they both go their separate ways with their wounds or whatever they're going to meet again in the, in the day i don't think these sort of things work when they try to expand it when they try to create a a world or oh there's a mystery you know what is the the classic thing of Logan is like, what is the reason behind it? It won't be good enough when we find out the reason. It it just won't. It's no, better. Never, to, yeah, yeah. It's better to know these guys have history and they're just going to turn up. I think when I was uh, reading about this, um, which what was it? Um, I read that I think it is Chris Claremont and John Buscema. I think on Wolverine's birthday, Sabretooth always comes after him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've read yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I love that idea. That yeah, that's no good. Ma- no matter what he does, no matter where he goes, he knows on his birthday he's going to have to have a roll around with. So <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. yeah, I like that idea. I don't need too much. It's been done recently a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but like you say, like a lot of things, we probably need to leave it leave it alone for a bit, so that the villain can go back to having bigger stakes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is just a purely visceral. Well, I think the thing is, Krakoa. Krakoa has kind of made almost every mutant part of the club. Yeah. It's slightly different with Sabretooth because he got put in prison. They have this sort of prison where they right. get put under the earth and they, they plug them into their brains and they they think they're living another life. But yeah, he's he's he was on the island. Put it that way. It wasn't always that simple, and he yeah. went off with a team and everything. But yeah, it was a wasn't quite what I wanted out of it. And I don't know whether I want a solo Sabretooth comic. Like you say, the same way I wouldn't want a solo Ultron comic. Hmm. It, yeah. it reduces the threat. It reduces the the what, ferocity of them. If yeah. I if I was going to do something like, like this, this is just a conceptual idea. You have two miniseries, two four-issue miniseries. You have a Wolverine one and you have a Sabretooth one. And it's leading up to a big special, like a one-off annual sort of special, which is the fight between them. And the four issues are basically what happens to Sabretooth leading up to that fight and what happens with Wolverine leading up to that fight. Do you know what I mean? So you can bring I think narratively that would be quite interesting. Just he he doesn't he doesn't warrant ongoing storyline, Sabretooth, in my mind. 
I, you know, yeah. he's 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 weakened by a team because he is supposed to. You know, he's he's an intelligent guy. I mean, I, the way I'm talking about it makes it seem like he's just a brute. He's not, and that's why he's so fascinating. Mm. Um, but it is just clearly one of those rivalries that's just I'm I'm going to get under your skin and I'm going to try and kill you, even though I know I probably won't kill you, but I'm going to have fun messing with you. Yeah. Um, and that sometimes that's we don't need the mastermind, do we? Trying to mess with the hero, we just need someone that just wants to rip their fucking face off. Just so, come up and fuck everything they're doing. Yeah, up. yeah. So you know, as I said, you know, I'm not reading too much of the modern stuff, so I didn't know like about Sabretooth being in a jet. That doesn't sound no. like the Sabretooth I want to read. But then again, it could be quite good. I've, I'm obviously not. Reading yeah, it's always in the execution, isn't it? isn't it? We're great yeah. believers in that, aren't we? Yeah. You know, it's got to yeah. be in the execution. Yeah, but I, I think. That's a rivalry that is just, it's safely in the cookie jar. So if they run out, of, so at one point during a Wolverine series, and like, what are we going to do this issue? Ah, let's get that out. That's always Save good. Two. Save how two how does up. he escape? Just say it in one speech bubble. He got yeah. out. You know, that's, he, cause, and people will believe it because of Sabretooth's that kind of like, we don't need just to. Just do know. the floor collapses. Yeah. Falls for it. Yeah. 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 But Sabretooth. <laughs> Tried and tested. Yeah, Sabretooth and uh, and Wolverine is my first one. Now they'd probably just be horrible at each other on Twitter, wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God, that that would be a vis- that would be horrible. Yeah. That that yeah. rivalry. Um, but Tony, uh, my next one. So I I began to think of two two reasons I chose this one. One, I wanted a team versus a team. Okay. And two, I wanted something that, as a young reader, I went, "Oh, they're back." That's what I wanted. I wanted the, that effect. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mine is the Legion of Superheroes, uh, may they rest in peace, um, versus the Fatal Five. You guys probably don't know who these are, do you? No, man. That's that's. Let me do a quick Google on that because you're. Yeah, that's out of my. You might recognise one of their names. Really, they are visually striking, albeit in originally in a Silver Age way, which, as we all know, a lot of the greatest comic characters ever created came from the Silver Age. Um, it was um, first appeared in the Legion of Superheroes, which featured in Adventure Comics 352 in January 1967. Do you know who created them? Uh, you can guess. Have a guess. He was a very tall man, later ran Marvel. Uh, oh, God. My brain just went fucking... Layton? Jim Shooter. Shooter. Um, God, I was yeah. just thinking Stalin, but then, no. Yeah, yeah Shooter. As, yeah. And, well, along with Kurt Swan, um, yeah. when Jim Shooter was 15... He created this team. Wow, he, was writing, he was writing the Legion back then. He had a very poor family and he wanted to make some money. So he started sending scripts off. They got accepted and then like, hang on a minute, how old are you, son? A bit of yeah. that, but he carried on. There's a lot There's a lot of good about Shooter. He's far too maligned for me. And um, he was doing stuff like this, which I enjoyed. Um, and again, like Ultron, who I mentioned, they provide a genuine threat to the heroes, um, albeit as a collective sort of thing. Mm. So his members, so you got the Emerald Empress, who has a sort of big floating eyeball that follows her around, sort of sexy lady all in green. Ring any bells? That I know, yeah, I kind of got a picture of him up here that I've seen them before. I mean, that idea of having a character that make be great big floating eyeball is like I I'm not sure if I'd come up with that. That's why it's fucking great. So Do the eyeball mean, like, actually odd. Yeah, and she's quite powerful because the eyeball kinda has the same powers that you might expect to come from um a Green Lantern ring. Right. So okay. quite powerful. You got the persuader Nian Chun Ti, um, and he carries an what's called an atomic axe. Remember, this is a fifteen-year-old coming up with this. You know? Yeah, uh, he carries an atomic axe that can cut through anything. 
Now, which is quite interesting. Now, so he, he just looks like a fucking meathead with an axe, to be fair. But cut through anything is pretty fucking powerful. Yeah, because what he does, he can he cuts through gravity. Um, he can cut through um, people who have the sort of darkness powers, like Shadow Lass and, and like some other stuff that later comes on. So it, there's there's an interesting aspect to that that you can play around with. There's Mano, who is um, one of the biggest mass murderers in the galaxy, and his right hand is always gloved. He wears like a dome. You don't see his face on his head. Um, like Mysterio and his right hand can um it whatever he whatever it touches it disintegrates so be it Superman Superboy rather he can disintegrate anything with that single hand so sort of super powerful again uh you got Tharok who's the leader he's half his there's a great scene in the first issue where they appeared in where someone shoots him and the beam only destroys half of his body so you imagine <laughs> him split down the middle he's probably lost you know <laughs> Pascal would have gone if it was me. Yeah. Um, and an arm and a leg and a shoulder. So that that side is kind of a cyborg. He's That's some good shooting. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> In that weird gun they've got there. Yeah. Um, and then the one you might know is Validus, who's a giant. His head is a, a perspex dome, so you see his brain. Doesn't really have any eyes. Um, he, he can send electric bolts out from his brain, but he's like a man mountain. He's like super strong. And can he, he can go up toe-to-toe with... The strongest Legion members, Superboy, Monel, Ultra Boy, he can go toe to toe with them. Super powerful. So they used to turn up every so often, either conned into fighting them, they'd be, you know, trying to rob a diamond, or they'd be part of a big plan, or they'd be something to do with a Great Darkness saga, or something like that. They would appear in the Legion. And I think, I mean, we often talk about the, you know, the greatest rogues gallery in comics is Batman, don't we? Do you, would you guys agree with that? The, uh, up there with the Flash. Yeah. Yeah, Flash. yeah, I'd put great. I'd yeah. put Spider Man up there as well. Yes, yeah. agreed. Um, you know, um, I think Superman's always failed a little bit with that Rose Gallery. He does have yeah. a Rose Gallery, but they're not quite as, quite as good. But I think the Legion gets a bit forgotten, and they've got they've got Saturn Queen, Time Trapper, um, Mordru, um, the uh, Legion of Supervillains, Lightning Lord Derlins. You know, there's there's some really great villains, and it's such a shame they fucked the Legion up. I don't know what they keep doing. They can't make it float. But back in the days of me reading. Um, Burn and Claremont on the X-Men and uh, Perez and Wolfman on Teen Titans, Legion was up there. It was top three books. You know, it really was. Mm-hmm. When you had uh, Levitz and Giffen on it, uh, make the Lord rest his soul. But the, the it was a really strong book. And then Steve Lytle came on it and fucking hell, there's a great scene in, I think it's issue four of, I reread it uh, yesterday when I was reading about these characters in Legion of Supervillains where um, Nemesis Kid kills karate kid in issue four of the new series you know like, fucking i remember it being like a major event in my life like the phoenix dying you know and they seem to be i couldn't i'd probably guarantee you guys haven't haven't read a legion book i'm gonna say i might have done way nothing back, uh, nothing yeah. way back i I, yeah. I think i think if i have maybe a reprint uh in the back of something maybe I remember reading some when adam hughes was on yeah. art duties but that was way late in the run wasn't it yeah okay i mean they had pat broderick on it uh, they had a lot of great artists on on the Legion over the years, and uh, Mark Wade ran a, wrote a great series of it. Uh, there's been some absolutely fucking cracking runs, but it just can't seem to get anything more than like a ten issue run anymore. Okay, there are two series that came back in the New Fifty Two, um, but they just sort of disappeared off. It's a shame. There's some good stuff, but I remember as a kid sitting in the back of a car, my dad driving us somewhere and on holiday, and me having a Legion of Superheroes versus the Fatal Five comic, and thinking, "Fucking over these guys." This is great because the beauty of the Legion was trying to figure out who all the characters are because there's masses of them, you know. Um, and you, I t- used to write them down in a book 
And the same with the villains. They had such a like a wealth of villains. And when you have a, like a team of five villains who in in a way kind of have that sort of reverse Fantastic Four thing, don't they? You know, you know I'm always sort of mentally comparing them because you got, you know, the Invisible Girl is, is uh, the Emerald Empress. You got the thing is Validus. You know, there's a certain amount of that going on in them. Um, but they were, they you know, they worked well as a team. Yeah, that's my uh, my second one. The Fatal Five. Ah, great shout, T. Good stuff. Nice. Thank you, man. Damn. Mine's going back to uh, a real kind of classic, and it's uh, Superman versus Lex Luthor. Okay, right. Uh, but me, which Lex Luthor, man? When they were kids together, or you know, no, they, they, it's kind of changed, isn't it? Yeah, you know? when they changed, it, it's more the for me, it's more the idea of the 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 classic kind of Superman Lex thing, as in Lex is kind of like the absolute top dog. He's like he's the brainiest fucking guy around. Got loads of money. He's got it all going for him. And then Superman turns up. For me, it's like. Yeah, there was one some guys that are coming along in the hundred meter sprinting, and it's like I'm a fucking beast. I'm doing so well. I'm like beating everyone I'm coming up against. And then Usain Bolt turns up, and it's like I cannot beat this guy. No matter what I do, he's fucking better than me. And yeah. that really sends him off on one because it's just so frustrating. Because there's Lex, who for the idea for me, there's there's someone to explore the idea of him. Kind of if he had Superman hadn't, hadn't turned up. It had actually been like a, a, a bright spot for humanity because he, he's a surprisingly been rebooted in a number of ways. Because when you think pre-crisis, he grew up with Superboy, didn't he? They yeah. grew up together yeah. in Smallville. He lost his hair. They were initially friends. All this sort of thing was going on. And then post-crisis, you had Burn Story, where they make him older than Superman. Yeah. Um, I saw, funny enough, talking about Miller's tweets again. I think it's because way Twitter works. I don't see very many people's tweets anymore if, every time I sort of barely go on there. But he was saying he'd always thought of Lex Luthor as older than Superman. Is that the same for you guys? I would, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Not like I'm, I'm decades older. Yeah. Personally, I'm not really interested in them growing up together. No. no? Okay. Yeah, no. It's that kind of Star Wars thing of like you've got an absolute galaxy and then all the same people keep bumping into one yeah, another. Yeah, I can't stand it that. Makes whole it makes it like, smaller. Oh, here, here's two people. So, oh, by the by the way, you were always related from the beginning. And it was yeah. like, no. So, I wonder if it was just a way to get a bit of traction when Superboy comic came out. You know, yeah. stuck him in it yeah, as well. It will be. Yeah. It will be. But I think there's stuff in, is it All Star Superman? Or, no, it might be Red Sun, where like that whole idea Miller puts in with like Lex. Uh, is going up against the the Kryptonian, and oh, yeah. he's trying yeah. his absolute fucking best to kind of beat him, and uh, just that paradox uh, uh, really appeals to me. And uh, okay, well, see, since you like him as older, let me let me give you a couple of more options and see which you choose. Is he like the president? Is he uh, a head of industry who's an evil, maniacal kind of um, crime boss, or is he the one in armor? with essentially superpowers you know where's that green arm green and purple armor doesn't it which one of those yeah would you for me choose? crime boss yeah crime boss same the, same yeah. the, the multi-millionaire kind of corporate yeah. dude yeah because yeah. okay. he's he's moving in circles that superman has trouble countering because if he's running around in the power suit it's just like oh it's just the fight here but yeah he, yeah he can kind of like exploit and attack soups in a way that his his speed and strength are not really ideally set up to kind of counter obviously yeah. he does but uh yeah that's what appeals to me when he banging supergirl at one point but she was actually a sort of shapeshifter yeah she's a shapeshifter an alien that's kind of like was he the australian pretend to be sun thing going on then wasn't yeah it? that was yeah. that that thing that was 90s when it when he was yeah. doing that yeah, yeah, like Superman period, long, wasn't it? yeah the long red air but she was like a kind of morphing alien it's very 
yeah bizarre that yeah. I, I to be fair i kind of dropped in because i was getting into the death and resurrection and all that stuff i was like what the fuck is this about but yeah, that's I think what it's in about. one of the audio plays isn't it i think right okay yeah <laughs> so yeah that's kind of like a long-standing rivalry yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. not as kind of well known as maybe like the, the batman joker thing uh, it's interesting now they said imagine if you might ask a lot of people you sort of you would ask about batman uh superman's rival uh enemy arrival and they'd say batman no no yeah i don't and, understand uh, that yeah no but i think i've I've always liked Le- lex luther he's kind of head and shoulders above the next most rival to superman isn't he oh you totally the toy maker or, you know yeah. you know yeah these sort of people um probably it's, for me yeah it's gotta be fun to write it's sort of like that kind of uh, egotistical maniac who He's of, Fisk, but cleverer and richer. Yeah, he make. can't fucking stand that there's Superman is more popular. Never more yeah. popular. He can't be Superman. He's got. He's kind of tried to climb to the very top of he can. He can be, and then there's there's one person that's completely out of reach to yeah. him, and he can't fucking bear it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think there's a, there's a Marvel character you'd put up against Superman? A like a villain. Yeah. Mm. Who would you put? Who would you put up against him? Oh god uh, difficult one isn't it it's no it's not really a comparable no no because different power totally sets, his element. yeah galactus I know, yeah just, just to see the space visuals uh, yeah because it'd look good wouldn't it yeah i mean you doctor did strange Ultron, Ultron, yeah doctor well, yeah well doctor strange would be good because they they did that whole oh magic is the thing that can defeat yeah, superman yeah. yeah um yeah, so that'd be interesting. Because I mean, that's like a if it is magic, like it's, he's no defense getting. That's like a massive glaring, uh, yeah, weakness. Bond because there's so queen. many, there's so many <laughs> squirrel girl. There's so many, <laughs> so many magic users in the DC universe that could go up against him and just take him out. Yeah, they're on out there. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah so that's that's me. I, I tell you what, I've got a bit of a highbrow one a question to ask you after go this, on. Vince. Oh, after right. you do your one. Okay. Okay. Well, my second rivalry is a hero and villain one, and the villain created specifically for this particular hero. Um, so intrinsically linked that this villain. Venom. Shit. Yep. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It is, and but when I when I say this, um, I, it's, it's it's interesting because the rival a lot of the rivalries I'm talking about now aren't something that I read now. But, like, I was around when Ven- the Venom Spider-Man thing kicked off. Yeah. Um, and I was reading that, like, the first, you know, and it was it was a major big deal. Obviously, there was the Spider-Man had the, the black symbiote suit beforehand. I think Secret Wars was where he got it from, brought it back to Earth, etc., blah, blah, blah. There was that whole... So it already, before this story even started, before this character was created, it had some... It had an anchor in the world it had it had a real sort of weight to the spider-man world um and then it being problematic and then becoming eddie brock um and i'm specifically talking about the first few times that we saw venom the venom versus spider-man where spider-man has to fake spoilers uh (laughs) spider-man has to fake his death in order to stop venom because venom thinks he's killed him and uh you know that that's a, that's an enemy, isn't it? 
you know, where the only way it gets to such a point because Venom was such a beast to begin with. Mm. Um, symbiotes or symbiotes or whatever you want to say it. Um, I have no interest in them now. They're, they're totally overdone. Fucking massively overused. Now. If if I yeah. drop if I drop fifty p on the floor, if I pick it up, I've probably got a symbiote suit now because everyone's fucking <laughs> got one. Um, but this was like when it was Eddie Brock in the obviously Tom McFarlane did like the first one the, the strange where he's, he's got like a clowny gurning face uh, before the teeth uh, um, Mark Bagley did for me is my Phenom he's my spidey artist anyway but he's much more my... sort of straighter yeah a lot yeah. of people go too crazy on Venom I think sometimes yeah, yeah but Mark Bagley's Venom was just like just teeth and just built like a American football player just absolutely just a wall of muscle but of course you had that that first arc of it was it was Spidey dealing with it. I mean, how much... Up until that point, and I'm going to go to um, my encyclopedia that is Tony Esmond right now. <laughs> um, in terms of alien villains on his own turf, how much had Spider-Man dealt with something like that? Because um... a lot of it was your friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man. Criminals. I mean, some of them were quite big, bigger than others, and he had. Obviously... Yeah, I think I think by then there'd been a lot of space traveling Spider-Man, yeah. and you know other dimension. You know, he'd met, mm. especially in stuff like Team Up, we'd had Red Sonia yeah. and Dormammu, yeah. and you know this sort of thing. Um, if but you wanted to go per- back, this was a personal one, wasn't it? That's what made it kind of interesting. This was a particularly yeah. personal to him. His his sins coming home to roost in some kind of way, even though it wasn't really. But um, they brought a lot of Spider-Man's personal life into it. You know yeah. what Venom would go after. Venom wasn't just about just destroying him; it was destroying everything else. But then you had the interplay of Eddie Brock and the symbiote itself, and what it went on to be. And, it, and then it eventually gave birth to the Maximum Carnage saga, which I was a big fan of. Maximum Carnage, I I really enjoyed when that came okay. out. Um, that was in the days where you would look at the top of a comic book and it would say Chapter Nine of Fourteen. <laughs> just 14 just uh, just those epics yeah because it was only in like a couple of titles they didn't have like all of these spin-offs or pointless you know do you know what I mean those those classic days um yeah. but yeah venom to me um and i think this is says this about a lot of these rivalries they've been done so much that i think on the whole sometimes we or how we feel about them or how i feel about the venom what what venom is now um, and respect to all those writers who have probably done brilliant comics of it, and you know, I'm because I'm not reading it because I'm just not interested in it anymore. Sometimes I forget how good, how much I enjoyed it when I did enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? When it first came yeah. out, I think we lose sight when some people are like, oh, I don't like the way that's written, or I don't like this, or I don't like that character. We can get caught up complaining about the things that we don't like that we forget about when we like stuff because we can always go that's the thing about comics we can always go back and reread the stuff that we really fucking yeah. enjoyed I think we need to we need to get past the whole sort of oh you've ruined him now yeah yeah which we all do because there's like a, there's fucking too much venom about now man yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just an absolute fucking mess it feels but, like uh, um, like it. I think there was a, a couple of years ago there was a huge uh, symbiote War of the Symbiote Spider Man, yeah, and then yeah, it, wasn't there one this year as well? It feels like we've got Death Death of the Venom verse at the moment, which I, is Venom, there's, Venom there's about, I think no, there's I three yeah. separate monthly Venom comics at the moment. Yeah, 
and that's not including carnage it should be like this is a really good idea let's not fucking dilute it to the point where it's just there's a kid venom at the moment yeah yeah it's it's like i mean i mean it's 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 more ip and toys for the shelves and all of this nonsense but you know it, it just seems a bit i mean where else can you take it and bigger doesn't mean better with Venom I think I think the point of the Venom symbiote is yes it's fantastical yes it's this alien thing but why it worked first round it was personal it was smaller mm. and it was it was intense it was just it was Spidey and this thing and how the hell is he going to get out of this you know and we there's lose. a symbiote 6 coming Ugh. well I, I won't be reading it probably because the first issue will be <laughs> a ridiculous price you promised. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't pull me up on my promises, Tony. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought um, in in the and I, I when I was writing a list of like the rivalries, there were some classics in there, some interesting talking points. But the Spidey Venom one had a real there was it was thrilling. Now there's it doesn't. I mean. I, I wouldn't recognise it now. I don't know because... The no, t- like you, Lindsay, if I went to it now, I'd, I'd yeah, completely yeah. don't wouldn't know what's going on. Uh, even though, like... And some people have their, like, get over the top about things like this, but when the Venom... Like, they did the Flash Gordon wearing the Venom... Not Flash Gordon, you know, Flash Thompson. Flash Thompson, yeah. Um, yeah, there's probably going, well, that's not Venom. I was like, well, at least they're doing something different with it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I quite like that style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I'm you know, here's something that would get me interested in it again, Um, because it just feels like, oh, a symbiote covers someone, they become a (laughs) multicoloured circus monster with teeth, and then it'll probably be like half an issue, and they'll be back to normal again. Um, Yeah, but but Spidey Venom, classic rivalry. Um, and it was really good in the cartoons as well. The Venom Saga and the car. And yeah, a lot of people remember it from that cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, it was done really well. Um, I've got yeah. fun memories of reading the uh, the, the McFarlane stuff like yeah. over Christmas with yeah. like, going for a bunch of issues. I found yeah, um, awesome. I found a picture um, of his first appearance. Um, it's a Todd McFarlane one because it's one of those things that when you see Venom, we like the way that Tom McFarlane drew him first, he's got like a Joker-like smile and these weird yeah. eyes. There's a strange bulge going on in his crotch. <laughs> I've got in those In those early stories, he's fucking killing people. Yeah. There's no like, oh, I'm sort of fun What's and kooky. Watered down villain, mate. Yeah. Watered yeah. down villain. Did he, um, did he eat brains? Is that just me? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I can I, remember him kind of getting out of a cell when he puts his... The the suit like the symbiote round someone's face pulls them off the ground, just suffocates them. Dead, they're gone. As like, that's pretty fucking brutal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I for me, I I mean, I could have like super like you know a lot of these characters with the rogues gallery. I could have picked a lot of Spider Man ones. My, you know, my my yeah. heart, my heart was thinking because before Venom, it always felt to me. When I was reading comics as well, Doctor Octopus was one of the big ones. I know there was Green Goblin, but when I started reading comics, Green Goblin was kind of like in the background a little bit. That had already been done loads. Yeah, played out. Sense. Okay. So like Doc Ock is certainly around like the Secret Wars. That was like really in my face. Um, but Venom was Doc- one of <laughs> respect for Doc Ock turning up a notch and then moving in on Aunt May. Oh yeah, that's a and becoming Spider Man. Yeah. yeah, absolute player. 
Yeah, and that's like, yeah, and that's one of the reasons that when Superior Spider-Man started, that was really interesting. You know, yeah, I like, yeah, back, I like you the know concept that's back of that. again, don't you? Yeah, it's uh, back uh, again. Yawn. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. there a load of controversy at the time about like, uh, did he sleep with uh, Ma- uh, Mary Jane or something? Is that? Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, can can you not do that? That's, it kind of sucks all the fun out of it when you do stuff like that. I mean, People I think, suck the fun out of anything. I, mean, I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't have time for women and sort of push yeah. her off, and mm. that's that dealt with. Right. I, I mean, all three of us <laughs> on the on the show, we, we like Dukok, don't we? What? You you like Dukok? You I tried like Doc, to say something I like else. Doctor Octopus. You like? Yeah, no, but Dan, you like Dukok, don't you? No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I like big cocks, but I'm not going to fall into your trap. <laughs> and, like, and I cannot lie. I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. <you> for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Tony, third round. Oh, uh, Dan's got a question. Oh, yes. Dan's yeah, Dan's highbrow question. Before we, I mean, this is at, pretty, this is pretty this highbrow. Is what the, the area of the show we call Dan's highbrow question. Uh, <laughs> and I fucking shut the link down for it. Oh. Uh, uh, well, that <laughs> was the end of Dan's the section called <laughs> Dan's give me, highbrow uh, question. Give me. Uh, do you filibuster for a second? Okay, filibuster. Okay, okay. I don't want to go into mine because I'm doing a dramatic reading at this time. Yeah. Oh wow! Well, here we yeah. go. Here we go. Yeah. Ready? Well, oh, you found it. Some niche. You are to be proud of your enemy. Then the successes of your enemy is your success also. What do you think oh. that means? Say that again. You are to be proud of your enemy. Then the success of your enemy is your success also. I don't know what that means. I don't. It, it, I don't know whether it means the failure of your enemy is your success. Isn't that right? The proud of your enemy, the success of your enemy is. Is it? I thought it was. You can't defined, be the proud of your enemy. You are to be proud of your enemy. Then the success of your enemy is your success also. Oh, you are to be proud of your it's enemy. Like a psychological trick. The, so then, if you're, so okay. if you're, if you're being proud of them, then and they succeed, then because you're being righteous and high-minded. Gotcha. I was right? thinking it more like. You're defined by your enemy. So if your enemy's on the up and up and doing well, it's like, well, look, this is what I'm going up against. Someone who's like a real fucking player. Probably seems like that's a quote from the Art of War, is it? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> What's that from? Nietzsche. Yeah, no, but what book do you know? Oh, I don't know. No, no, no. Okay. And that was the end uh, of Dan's Highbrow yeah, Corner. Yeah, so if, if you've got an idea what that, that means, uh, I'm happy to uh, discuss it in the Slack channel. In Next the, uh... week, Thus Breaks Darren Thruster by Schopenhauer. Yeah. <laughs> and how to put up a shelf in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. An ontological uh, argument then, for the destruction then, of shelves. Zen in the Art of Motorcycle yeah. Mechanics. I read that as a kid. I like that book. Yeah, I teenager. don't think you've ever yeah. read it. Yeah. And cool. What, cool and, enough. That's and, foolish risk. And why Victoria Sponge is such a classic. But, yeah. but but that's for next week's show. Right now we're talking yeah. about rivalries, and uh, we, we've had so much fun talking about this that time's getting on. So, Tony, mm. kick us oh, off on the fuck, yeah. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to do a reading for you. Call me Shang-Chi, as my father did when he raised me and moulded my mind and body in the vacuum of his Honan China retreat. I learned many things from my father, that is no, that my name means the rising and advancing of the spirit, that my body could be forged in, into a living weapon through the discipline of Kung Fu, and it might be used for the murder of Dr. Petri. Since then, I have learned that my father is Dr. Fu Manchu, the most insidiously evil man on earth, and that to honour him would to bring nothing but dishonour to the spirit of my name. What a fucking dynamic that is. Yeah. Bloody hell. Archie comics were the rival... really fucking crazy back <laughs> yeah, in the day, yeah, weren't they? Yeah. 
Disney was fucking mental back then. But the 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 greatest rival is his father. So there's that is that quite quote one list for a bit of a Dune moment in Dune where he says you you truly become a man when you realize your father is just a man. You know, this this takes that to the next stage. This he 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 becomes a lone man. He becomes a stranger in a strange land. He becomes a spurned son when he realizes his father is this insidious evil despot. You know, one mm-hmm. of the most evil and rich because of it men in the world. And that's the basis for the story when the hero realizes that his father is the ultimate villain. Mm-hmm. And um and he's used not only is he that, but he's using his son merely as a tool. There's yeah. no love there. He's just using him as will. an assassin. Yeah, um, that's that's the the intro that was on a lot of the Master of Kung Fu comics. You know, it's, they used to have that little thing above the title, didn't they? they yes, yeah. to explain it. And um, I often used to read that and think, oh fucking! I mean, we, I mean, long shouldn't nobody should had not been expecting this because everyone knows it's my favorite character. But there's a reason for it, you know. Mm. And there's a it's an interesting thing because he when it's written well i.e. not recently but when it's written well shang chi is a man struggling with his previous life struggling with his genetics struggling with his brainwashing struggling with his his grooming as an assassin and trying to find his way in in another world in the real world so he wasn't i mean everyone says oh he's from china he wasn't from he was from this palace it's all he did he got brought up in this horrible place, you know, where he was beaten and trained in Kung Fu to become an assassin by his father. And that sort of cloud of tragedy follows him. You know, that he gets sent to England to kill a member of MI6. And when he he's suddenly confronted about the truth of the matter, that cloud of tragedy follows him around for the rest of his life. And he he's a real mixed character. The, the, yin, the yin and the yang is used in this for reason. Um, because he's trying to beat back the dark side of his life and he's constantly trying to go against the way he was raised but he is um he's a pacifist and he only fights when he has to that's a big thing about master of kung fu about shang chi fortunately he fights in every issue because yeah. uh you know it's comics and he looks Just, great doing it yeah and there's some great ass to work on it but he throws himself but what he does he also i mean there's a lot of there's this big theory i know we've talked about it before about creating a family environment in fiction you know, in popular fiction that involves you to be feel like you're involved. The X-Men does it. You know, Star Trek The Next Generation did it. Buffy the Vampire did it. You know, the Teen Titans does it. You know, every team book, you know, you kind of, you you feel like they're part, you know, you're part of it almost. You, you know feel them. the dynamics yeah. of the family and the soap opera and whatever's going on in there. But when he lands at MI6, when he lands with these guys and the women, he throws himself into this new family he's got. He sees people as father figures, as brother figures, as and he sees Liko Wu as a, as a lover. And he th- and but consequently not just her but another under he throws himself into these relationships because there's something missing in him he's a lost he's still a lost kid hmm. he's still a boy throughout this and it's only at the end of it when he sees the world for what it is and he's done a lot you know he's lived you know it's 115 issues he's traveled the world he's fought people he's you know saved the world a number of times he, at the end of it in issue 125 he 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 becomes an adult and he only becomes an adult because he can turn his back on those games of death and deceit and turn his back on the world and goes and becomes a fisherman. And to me, that should have been where they left it. Yeah. They, that's a great, a great yeah. arc of a story, you know. One, one more do you need to say from that? That's Yeah. And 
the fact that Fu Manchu steps back into it, when he does step back into it, you think he's died and then he steps back into it. And he's a changed character a lot of times when he steps back in. He's There's a different dynamic. Farlo Sui, who's his sister and stuff like that. There's she's is she his friend is she not shang's friend then you get fu manchu is she working for him is she not he's got these sort of league of assassins different different like groups of assassins that he's, he joins up with and he masters and stuff like that but he steps back in and when he steps back towards the end he's very much weakened and he's a changed man and i love that dynamic of a man fighting his father it's i don't know whether it's about enough you know it's not it's not something we see a lot i suppose it must be somewhere but it's just a really interesting storyline and we've all got we've all got fathers, you know. Yeah. Whether we know them or not, you know. And perhaps he, the point is here that he didn't. It's really interesting. I found I found it absolutely engaging. And every time as a kid when I read it, and oh look, it's Fu Manchu's in charge of this villain. You're like, wow, he's back, mm. you know. And that's what re- is really good about a villain: the implications, the weight of this person turning up. Nothing's going to be the same again. Brilliant. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, my favorite nice. on that. There you go. Nice. Dan, what's your next one? My one, I've been banging this drum for uh, years now. Uh, it's uh, Berserk. Right. Uh, Griffiths and Guts, who are uh, facing off to this day, as far as I'm aware. I'm not, com- I'm not completely up to speed with the book, but it's the, the rivalry and kind of hatred the two of them have got for each other is done so well by Mamura. It's just amazing. A kind of a brief overview. Guts comes up from like living uh, a life of warfare from being a kid, from being abused. And he, he he falls into kind of becoming a mercenary and ends up fighting on the opposite side of a war to Griffith, who's kind of like uh, a leader of a, a bunch of mercenaries called the Band of the Hawk. And they're all kind of like uh, relatively young, but they make waves when they turn up on a battlefield and they're really kind of going up in the ranks. When they come up against Griffiths, uh, Guts, they realize, like Griffith realized that I want him part of my group because he's fucking amazing. He's an absolute savage and basically fights him, beats him so convincingly where no one else can absolutely touch him. And for years, Guts serves under Griffiths as kind of like uh, working his way out the ranks and becoming a right hand man. And for Griffiths, his story is like, I'm the main character in this story. Like, it's all about me. Uh, it's where my, my destiny's heading. And he sees Guts as part of that, as like a side character to his story. And then there's an, there's a point where kind of Guts is like, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm walking away. And Griffiths is absolutely enraged by the fact that he's turning away from his destiny as being part of Griffiths' story. And guts beats him in a fight that's like one of the first times that's ever happened to griffiths and the story from there goes completely off of the rails because the 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 self-image that the griffith character has built up in his head of what i am and what i'm all about and what my destiny is all about is derailed by guts and it plays out horrifically uh, and I don't want to spoil it if you haven't read the story. It's it's really good, and uh, the 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 two of them kind of represent a light and dark, and it it flicks at some point in the story, which I, I can't give away. But some of the stuff that Mamira does in his artwork is like the classic Renaissance paintings, because he he he's referenced them a lot and talks about the the, the meanings between the two, 
and there's a moment where there's a double page spread uh, splash page where the two of them face off again and there's so much you can read into this double page spread of the two of them like facing off with their swords about to go at it for the second time that i've read loads of discussions about it and it's like god i didn't see that there that could quite easily be read oh, that right. way okay uh i can only recommend kind of dig in buy that it's an expensive buy but the first book of the deluxe collection or if you can read it online for some nefarious means to see if it takes your, your fancy but it's such a great story it's amazing and uh i've not got to the end of it yet because i'm still kind of buying the deluxe versions to read along Nice. I can't I recommend to, I, need, I need to read more of this. Yeah, it's so yeah, good. Yeah, I do. I keep meaning to. I got it on my yeah. iPad because you gifted it to me, Dan. Yeah, I need so, to do it. Yeah, and you, yeah. It's got so, an underground feel to it as well, which I like. Yeah, yeah. I so, can only say once you start reading it, you'll kick yourself for not starting sooner. Yeah, I know. You'll yeah. be like, oh man, this is fucking amazing. And the art, just only have to see comes some of the the pages and the amount of stuff, the amount of work that guy put in. It's just. He got introduced, as we saw, he got introduced to doing art digitally. They thought this would help him uh, do it quicker. But he spent more time zooming in and making these minute details. And they were like, no one's going to see this. He's like, yeah, but I, I, I know it's there. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Good man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes, if you haven't tried it out, checked it out already, do definitely check out Berserk and the, the guts Griffith kind of rivalry revenge hatred between the two of them is a, a driving point for the series mm. nice nice oh um, makes me want to read that again after you're talking about it done. yeah um, go for it man yeah i'm gonna um finish us off yeah. dramatic pause <laughs> um <laughs> i was just waiting for that um with my third pick although i will um special mention to some romantic rivalries uh such as betty and veronica <laughs> Yeah, and uh, the one that was uh, quite big with my uh, comic book reading, Scott Summers and Logan. Uh, you know, yeah. these the sort of uh, interesting... should never have been a rivalry. <laughs> to me, Wolverine should have just been the outside of the runt exactly. who just dreamed of it. Exactly, yeah. Scott. Because yeah. I am Team Summers in that. Because I don't. Yeah, I hate, I prefer Wolverine, but I am as well, man. I don't yeah. think it works. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't. Yeah. Does it? It just doesn't. No, they had to make him taller just for it to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my uh, my third pick is is two heroes. Well, heroes is an interesting term because it's more of the rivalry is certainly interesting from the ideology and the methods of these two characters. Um, one of them is Punisher, and the other is Daredevil. Nice. Okay. Because for me. Um, that was always fascinating. They obviously came. They had. They've had a million fights, um, but they haven't just had a million fights with fists. They've had a million fights with words as well, about how just morally opposed they are. You know that sort of rivalry is, which was fascinating. You know it's and that. I fully expect him in to be in issue three of the new series. Yeah. Devil. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and like all great rivalries, they keep coming back to that well, don't they? And just yeah. like, right, okay, let's see, see how much we can get out of this. Um, but it is very basis. Just the morality conversation between those two is fascinating because it can highlight, you know, you, know, you, um, you have a Punisher series 
and you're loving it you know what you know what you're going to get with that series you know what you want to read you're reading that to see that guy do the, those things to those people and think like that and obviously we get the the self-narration a punisher reader is a punisher reader aren't they you know mm. I, I think through and through and then you put in a character that is both a hero is an awesome hero who is complicated in their own ways who then steps into that world and says stop you don't have to do this. This is wrong. It's fascinating because then, uh, like, as a reader, you're like, well, we know Matt Murdock's right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, it's like, he's not wrong. You know, and So it puts the the fan of that particular comic book, that reader, on the back foot in some ways. Because if, you, if you're reading a Punisher issue, a Punisher series, 450 plus issues i'm talking back in the day uh, um and you're following those exploits and then to come in and introduce a character because daredevil is a popular character i think daredevil is a popular character with punisher readers as well yeah I, I, I yeah believe. i'd say so it's it's not someone it's it's not a character that the immediately readers are like oh well that guy's a dickhead so they you know he, i think daredevil is one of the greatest characters he, he's one of those um, shades of grey characters as well. Yeah. If you look at if you look at this, there's been what three or four absolutely excellent runs of Daredevil, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Same with same with Punisher. They're almost it's, there's runs that are defined by the creators involved, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, and yeah. And it's absolutely fascinating when they put those. Who would have mm. thought that putting those two characters together would create such fucking beautiful music on the page? Because it really is. Yeah. It, it gives a writer an opportunity to ask some very interesting questions through, you know you know you can have the fights you can have the comic book especially with a character one is all guns and the other one is all acrobatics you can have action scenes for days but then you also you have an opportunity to sort of absolute street level guys as well which is good exactly yeah Yeah. which means they're having a real conversation we're not sitting on the edge of time talking about the disintegration of a reality we're talking about something that is real world you know that can like that hopefully people that read can connect with um which is why for me that's always been one of the greatest rivalries because it's been so interesting there's mm. neither character i'm and um even though i just said i'm team summers i'm i'm on the team of watching those two characters have their <laughs> issues daredevil and uh, yeah, Punisher. Do you know yeah I mean? i'm not on either side on that i just yeah. I, you're right they're both when written well, are good characters. Yeah, so yeah exactly. Both got their points, yeah. valid yeah. points yeah. they're making. Yeah, yeah. And they're both damaged men. Mm. You know, look, look at the the darkness that both of them, especially Daredevil. You know, yeah. had that born again thing. You know, it's just oh, the darkness. They both can relate yeah. to it. They both know where they're coming from, don't they? But they one has given into it, and one hasn't. And they have yeah. the, they they can have literally the physical conversation of you know people talking to Batman. If you killed Joker the first time he wouldn't have killed so many different people. Do you know what I mean? Daredevil is the one that's like, we lock up the Joker. And the Punisher is everyone else going, if you kill him, you don't have all the other deaths afterwards. And it's, it's that sort of, um, it's, it's fascinating. I, I, I like it when comics can do that as well as all the action. It's the know. New York thing as well, man. I think yeah. mm. we, yeah, oh, we yeah. do as superhero fans. We love, especially Marvel fans. We love the New York action, don't we? Yeah, totally. Like, when I went there, I was like, every water tower is a Spider-Man, yeah, Daredevil scene. You know, it's like that. Yeah, yeah. And yes, like 
obviously i think the, the punisher is what is the more heavy-handed of the the opinions and certainly when when a daredevil character is brought into it he's never written as a counterpoint villain like you know daredevil comes into a punisher book and he's still daredevil the hero is mm. he i've always felt like yeah totally you know he he almost comes in with a halo above his head there's a sort of like oh the good guys here in a punisher book which says a lot yeah about... that's the problem isn't it with a lot of comics these days is if you get a, a visiting character they're just written like the writer yeah, yeah, and they're not an individual anymore. But yeah. yeah, you're right. When Daredevil comes into a well-written book, when Punisher returns up in a well-written book, yeah, they're that character, aren't they? Yeah. That's the point of them appearing. Yeah. yeah, and and it's a conversation. It's not. It's it's not. It's not preaching. It's uh, it, it it's a fascinating discussion on things. Whether you like these characters or not, narratively, that is that is a fascinating rivalry to me. Yeah. And, um, one that because there's also just been certain moments uh, I've mentioned it on the um, pod before when uh, Punisher was I think I think Daredevil was sort of was he tied up or Punisher was beating this guy to death trying to get information out of him and Punisher looked like a like a almost like a villain the way he was done um, and obviously he's just smashing this bloke and Daredevil can hear this guy's heartbeat get fainter and fainter and fainter and he can't do anything about it. You know, just it's moments, pockets like that. God, they can be handled so well in comics. Yeah, just it's just so good, so good. I need to, I need to dig out more of that. I, I think what I've thought about when we when we decide to talk about rivalries, and I love it when we have these discussions because it gets me to think back on the comics that like I read back in the day and those classic arcs and those classic comics. And it makes me want to read some some of those arcs again, reread them, you know, yeah. get the books off yeah. the shelves, and just enjoy them. Maybe see them with new eyes. Uh, you know, I, I might read some of these arcs that I've been talking about. I may not like them as much. I may I may like them twice as much. Who knows? But there's a we're in a we're in a hobby of nostalgia, and you know, com- talking about comics back in the old day, we love to talk about. Oh, do you remember this this arc and stuff? Um, and this is a perfect example of just go back and discover some of those, rediscover some of those comics, um, which I've been in that headset for the past couple of years, rather than keeping up to date with whatever's going on in a universe that I don't understand. I'd rather just uh, <laughs> save, save up my paper round money and get an omnibus and read the arc that I remember back in the day. Yeah, yeah I read it. I read it every day, and I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're kind of my lens to see the modern comic world through. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're you're and no grumpy you're, you're, old bloke lens. Yeah. 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 You're our inside man. Um, who was it this this week? Was it Ron boys? Ron Mars was sort of saying this is how he write a first issue and it's like you wrote that Adam World got, Rebirth. I got a bit of a rage on when I saw him like going yeah. on about how you write a first. I think fuck me last first issue I've said he made it to the worst comic I'd read that year. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely fucking tragic. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely awful. But, it's like but, playing with action figures and writing a story from it. But, uh, have you ever done that? Let us know. In, uh, yeah, not you, Rob Liefeld. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sit <Well>, down. <laughs> um, but certainly, let us know. What rivalries do you like in comics? Is there ones, and certainly ones from the indie scene, small press and beyond? Yeah, keep the conversation. We've going. just touched it. We just uh, there's yeah. so many more. We haven't. Yeah, yeah. We, oh, we, God, we, yeah, we've hit some pretty softballs out of the park with these ones, um, but had a lot of fun doing it. But let us know yours, whether it be on the um, social media or on the Slack community. 
get in touch yeah. with us and yeah there's a podcast discussion there just keep it going see what ones you like definitely check out our insta because that's been going off yeah we're on that we're on the heat yeah. on the insta yeah. just we just had another two people follow us today or just now rather and nice. it uh, makes me spend less time looking at mean comments on Instagram, which <laughs> is my hobby now. Dan, you, you, you need a new hobby, man. You should. You should. Uh, Some of the shit you send. That's one. Yeah. Where it's like the, the geezer said, "Stop bullying this person," and then he followed up without me. Like <laughs> 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 the wild oh, west of comments now. Yeah, it's like back to the back to the good old days of YouTube. <laughs> Stop reading the comments, Dan, and check out some of these shout-outs. Have we got yes. any shout-outs this week, gents? Yeah, yes, got an I important do. one. Uh, congratulations to Laura and Christian Wilkins. Yay! Hey. Nice work. Hopefully another artist has just been yes. born. Robin Wild Goose, a little girl. Congratulations, guys. Uh, chuffed. Yeah. Um, thanks to everyone who came to the Drink and Draw. We mentioned it earlier. Much laughter. Um, and we got a couple of new Slack members turned up. The... Interesting chat as well about we had a big conversation about what books are good to read around craft, which is mm. a really useful where people were sort of showing, talking about books that they read and not necessarily all from comics, actually, funny enough, you know, and um, that was a good one. Last chance to get Electric Chair 2 on Kickstarter. You've only got a couple of days if you listen to this on the day of release. Get it or you'll be missing out. I can tell you now this will be a book that uh, will uh, will be on the wall in some comic shops in a couple of years. Carsis One is an investigative horror for mature readers. Currently on Kickstarter with art from Soup and Talented and our buddy Nathan Kelly, who um, I shared a few beers with in uh, Charlottesville last year. Uh, it looks gorgeous, man. Mm. Have a look at that on Kickstarter. K-A-R-C-I-S, Carsis One. Brilliant stuff. There, my ones. Nice. Dan, you got any? I was sent through... Uh... Issues one and two of Sokyo X by Corey Tran. I spoke about this uh, earlier this year, I think, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I stuck, we stuck it on yeah. Instagram this week, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, man. It's fucking great having oh, cool. the printed version. It's really nice. I got it through uh, Fairbrow Press. Uh, Stephen Ingram sent that through. Oh, mate, you got to fucking check it out. It's really. Oh, I've been over to that site for a yeah. couple weeks. Yeah. There's so much stuff on the site as is. And I think uh, he's currently putting together the last minute submissions for boxes too i think today's is, the last day i think isn't it? Day, so yeah if you listen to this you missed out fuck you but but the, <laughs> i think he's also he's got a lot of books from thought bubble he's sticking on there as well i think there you go so go uh thirdbearpress.com and check out the uh the, the tons of great underground and indie comics uh, on the site nice and do speaking check do it now uh speaking of checking out uh, more comics here's a bunch of comics for you to seek out and uh, just read and enjoy because yeah. we enjoyed them so we're going to recommend them and that's what yeah. the section is Tony do you want to go first should we start with Rubicon and then me and yeah. uh, if you if I'll start on it then go, you can go. join in so um, I, I read this on um, the Global Comics app as part of my Global Comics reading challenge this week's put out by Arkea 130 pages an intro by uh, Dick Marchinko, who is a commander of a SEAL Team 6 and the Red Cell Sea Counterterrorism Unit. Um, I texted you guys with the quote, we're going to turn this whole fucking valley into a Taliban graveyard. This is you, full on. You said, Dan, you're going to love this. So I was like, let's get this. Let's get on it. And I did. Um, story and premise from Christopher McQuarrie, who's the, the movie director and SEAL Team 6 member, Dan Capel. Written by Mark Long. Art by Mario uh, Stiller. Um, it's a... 
it's it's about a team of um, SEAL team operatives who defend the residents of a village in Afghanistan from 200 odd Taliban warriors. Unashamedly, a homage to Seven Samurai yeah. and its subsequent Magnificent Seven. The team are led by Hector and staffed by a mixture of men, all with real strengths and weaknesses, all genuine feeling people. But all sides in this conflict are seen and fleshed out, I have to say. Now, so this is the setup. I just quickly play tell you this because I found this a clever setup. Um, I know it. I know it's stolen. I know it's homaged, brother. Yeah. Um, so they grab a Taliban terrorist who killed um, the son of one of the people in this village, and they take him, the terrorist, tied up, and they take him to the village, um, the home of this the murder on the bonnet family. of the car. On the bonnet of the car, yeah, they drive the way through the desert. The notes at the back that the the chap they went to for uh, like advice and feedback for the military stuff said that that they did that. Uh, Okay, right. Yeah. So thinking that they're doing the family a favour and thus getting a favour back owed to them, Hmm. they think they would hand this prisoner over and and the the people in the village, especially the father of this kid who died, would kill him and it would they'd they'd be in the debt of the SEAL team. So this is what they think. But there's you can't that's not the real world ain't the real world no so um what they didn't consider is the family don't kill him because they can't because if the taliban here they've done it and they, they've got informants everywhere they will take revenge on the village yep um add to the fact that um the village is also filled by the farmers who tend to the poppy fields um so it's much more complicated than the special forces considered and then it only gets worse because the taliban take revenge anyway yeah so the the SEAL Team Six, the so the um the um the military guys, the American military guys are all um then in the debt of this town. So part so it's it were anyone seen uh, Seven Samurai, Magnificent Seven, or the other movies that sort of homage this sort of thing, they have to go and defend the town. They they and kind it, of go for a moral quandary, didn't they? Whether yeah. they should or should or not. Like yeah, they do no business. They? Yeah, but they they eventually between them, they we've got to do this. Yeah, eventually they go back. And it's a very well fleshed out area of, of land. Mm. So we see the forest behind it or the woods behind it um, where they some, they discover some scouts. We see the river that's running underneath the bridge and obviously the consequence of, joy, of destroying that bridge at some point when the town's attacked. They, they, they It has walls, but they put up extra walls. They teach like as they do in the movies. They teach the, um, the villagers to fight, but there's twists in it all the way through. So at one point they're saying, right, this is how you fire a gun. And someone produced a gun and they went, where did this come from? And it turns out that the villagers aren't quite as innocent as yeah. you think they are. And they do things. They're not bad people, but they do things to survive. Yeah. And they may so have killed they themselves. They get like the, the Taliban said, you've got to go out and fight. And they went out and fought and they killed American soldiers and brought their guns back. And it's like, yeah. how you can fucking do this? It's like, well, if we didn't, they'd have killed all our families. Yeah. Like, okay. And these villagers are all making heroin as yeah. their daily job, you know. Getting poppy. So, Getting a poppy, yeah, yeah. So there's there's that. There's also something of a romance. So one yeah. of them meets a girl. There's um uh, a romance going back. You know, one of the dudes keeps getting phoned by his ex-wife and his new wife and new wife to be, and there's all this sort of thing going on. Um, so there is a little time for romance in it, but they are facing absolute hordes of Taliban on horseback, mostly, um, and it. It doesn't look like they're going to survive at one point, and and there is a jeopardy to everything in this because hmm. you don't know, you're not sure who's gonna, who's gonna. I mean, make when it one of them dies, is that a fucking hell? They died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that occasionally you think, are oh, they setting him up to die because he's speaking to his girlfriend on the phone? Yeah, there's it's no you know, kind of like, like it, it feels real in the fact that someone gets killed and it's like I didn't see that coming. That narratively, yeah, it's just, but that's it feels real for that because that's how not how life is, is it? 
Yeah. But I don't know if you thought, Dan, I found it utterly gripping. Oh, totally. Um, I, I was, I didn't, I read it, started reading it, didn't put it down. Yeah. So me, man. Yeah. You, there's a reality to it. There's a utilitarianism to it. You know, they, they're, they're soldiers. They do some fucking awful stuff. There's, there's the horror of war is part of it. We see that, you know, you feel it, especially at the start, you know, but add into that. I mean, I had a chat with, with um, Eamon about this once where we said all good war books are anti-war books. And I, I, I'm not sure, but I kind of still think that. And this is, there's still an element of the anti-war in this because there's so many horrors going on. Yeah, you know, and this necessarily shouldn't have started, and but it's going to end, you know, bloody. Um, but in the, the at the same time, this is a really, really good adventure story. Um, it pays more than lip service to Seven Samurai. You know, you get this, you yeah. get you get themes of honor, you get themes of duty, allegiance, necessity, death as part of your job, good men doing bad deeds. Just absolutely, totally up my street. You know, I just really like that. Yeah. One, there's one bit that really hit me, and they see the scouts like checking out the village, and they're like, "Well, we'll follow these geezers back." And they find out where their their little encampment is, and they say, "Right, we're going to go out and get them." And one of the guys in the village is like, "Yeah, I know where this is. I'll go with you." And they turn up and find them. And his wife had been kidnapped yeah. months earlier, and she's in with them, and they've been using her and she's kind of fallen in with them as it were and as I, I think it ends up she they they she kind of comes out after they've done this ambush and they're slaughtering these people and she turns on the on the people rescuing them and it's like fucking hell this is horrible yeah. this is yeah. really horrible yeah what uh, has happened to this country yeah you know, it's just these people you know it's, it's unthinkable when we live in a country like we do that the world can turn like that on these people, you know, it's mm. awful, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, I had, I had a few issues with the, there's a couple of moments. I, I find it very readable. I think they, they use the bat. They're very good. They know their um, arms and armaments, you know, they really, oh, yeah, the technical like, details really spot on when it's doing stuff like that. That's when it's like, I found it most compelling. Yeah. There's, there's times when in the dialogue, it gets comic-y. I don't mean that's in a, a, a little bit clunky. Way, but, I think I just, yeah. it as when we chatted. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like oh, this is like what you'd write in this kind of comic, but it doesn't feel like it was real. Uh, yeah, I don't imagine those words coming out of those people's mouths, but it's a minor point to be honest. We, uh, you point out, well, I had an issue with the cover saying it's black and white. Why on earth are you doing a black and white cover where most of the most of the cover is air, is sky? Yeah, and you pointed out this is an homage to the Seven, Seven Samurai cover. Yes. I kind of, I kind of get that, but that's a movie. This is a comic. Be yeah. aware. You know? And it's a black and white cover to a full page comic. I mean, the the, the cover's going to do a lot of the talking for you, yeah. Especially on the apps where it doesn't people... do the right talking. I don't. Think. No, exactly. It doesn't doesn't see for me that would have been like an inside. You open the book up, and that's the first image you get on the right hand page, like the yeah. opening. Yeah, uh, that works yeah. fine. Good design but, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a kind of cover you need to. Yes, yeah, that's not not the image I would have gone for. Yeah, I agreed. And I don't know where why this happens. So there's a couple of moments in it where when people are speaking, they the artist feels, or maybe it's a direction to the artist, that they have to have their mouth open. Now, yes. comics doesn't work like that. Yeah. Even when you're speaking, your mouth is closing and opening. So you don't necessarily have to have a, a I don't need a view of your tongue every time you talk. No. I don't know if you notice this. There's three or four instances that it just looks weird, like the bloke's doing an ooh face, you know. 
yeah some, that, so. some of the faces are kind of uh, if the artist kind of got a slight point where i say you might need to work on that is the faces i mean the technical details when they're doing vehicles uh the, the landscapes the, the yeah. weaponry the, the uh, yeah they're, they're absolutely spot on and most of the time the people are great but like occasionally the faces like that doesn't read quite right yeah yeah you can draw boobs i'll be honest with you yeah, that's quite good with the naked ladies. Did you notice one of the, one of the soldiers looks a bit like Vince Vaughn? Yes, I kept getting that. Yeah. yeah, I did. The one who's like the radio operator who then ends yeah. up being part of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got that too, man. He kind yeah. of looks a bit Vince Vaughn-esque. There's a couple of moments you get. I don't know if he used an expression from Vince Vaughn. You know, like a facial thing. He's such a distinctive guy, isn't he? Yes, yeah, so I look yeah, that, that, that's like him. Yeah, uh, not enough to break me out of the comic, but no, me neither. I don't think. Yeah, but I have to say, if you, I'm, I'm, I mean. I read it. Global Comics nine ninety nine a month. Like you know, I read yeah. nine ninety nine pounds worth of comics every day on Global Comics, so it's worth it to me. But this is on there. This is great. Um, you probably, you, I think you can find it at most comic shops as well. So it's an Archaea book, so it's, it's going to be available through Diamond, etc. Um, but I thoroughly recommend it. Yeah, you read it. Oh, you you got it on Kindle Unlimited, didn't you? Is yes. that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's available on there as well. So you, you got don't that have any to that. Is that right? On the what? Kindle Unlimited. Yeah, I've got you. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I don't have. Uh, do I have Kindle Unlimited? I've got a. Uh, it's Prime Reading. That's what I've got. Oh, okay. oh right. Yeah, yeah I think course. Kindle yeah. Unlimited is a different kind of subscription thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, get it. Have a read of it if you're into that. You know, it's not. It's it's the reality of war. It's not mm. funzy mm. Uh, yeah. OMG kind of comics. It's running down the road with machine guns, slaughtering hundreds of people. That's yeah, that you can barely lift. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. But the this is yeah proper proper geezers fucking up other geezers, which yeah. I kind of like. <laughs> there's there's moments there when they're like, oh, we're kind of fucked here now. Like we ain't got nothing, and you're like these could all be wiped out. And it, it yeah, it's yeah, I was just along for the ride all the way. It was yeah, a nice little twist at the end. Yeah, it's all it goes one way, goes another way. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's our first one. There you go, V. Nice. Uh, my issue one uh, this week is... Oh, yes, still on the issue ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've got... I'm doing a whole year of them. Um, is an <laughs> is an image book um, written by Rick Remender. Oh, I'll just get the credit credits up now. Uh, it's, well, story by Rick Remender, Joe Troman, and Andy Sandberg. You may recognise two of those names. Know that name. As... Uh, and Who's Troman then? I know I recognise He's one of, one of Fallout Boy. He's the guitarist of Fallout Boy. Oh, God, is he? Yep. Andy and Sandberg did uh, Dick in a Box. <laughs> yep. yep. And Hot Rod, one of my favourite yeah. comedies. Oh, yeah. Um, the art is by Roland Bosch, Marino uh, Denizio, uh, Colours, Russ Wooten, The Letters. This is The Holy Roller, issue one, from Image Comics and Giant Generator. Giant Generator, which I believe is Rick Remender's um, sort of corner of the comic book publishing world because he's isn't he taking on he started a massive bit of an empire and he now remember that yes he's yeah. doing yeah he's got like eyes oh, signed contracts and stuff yeah certainly in the in the back of this book there is a sort of um advert for sort of giant generator it's got like a cool line when good art is the goal the rest falls into place and okay. it's just it's just got a page of all of his sort of titles and you just you know you see like from deadly class black science fear agent and you know all of these titles you just think yeah he writes some good books yeah and, he does uh, yeah he does and, and scumbag for instance which yeah, is like that. popular on the show um what is holy holy roller well um there's a big synopsis that i'm not going to read out because there's loads of spoilers in it um <laughs> but in short 
without um it's about a guy named Levi who becomes the holy roller with only his bowling ball collection to defend himself. He's a trick bowling, ball wielding, ball wielding Jewish superhero battling to liberate his home and bowl a perfect game against crime. The synopsis is actually quite funny, um, and there is a there is a good sense of humour going through this, uh, as it says here: it's Kingpin meets Inglorious Bastards meets Batman, <laughs> that old chestnut. Um, the first issue of which is forty two pages of of story for two pound fifty. Uh, and quite a lot of press actually. I know. Um, yeah. Who's the dude who's got the shop in Harrogate? He was featuring it. It's in the window of gosh at the moment. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Which had it, a good bit of PR, yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, they, they, it's got some variant covers. Um, certainly, when I did my browser, I, I, when it comes to these number ones, I'm literally, I'm not reading synopsis. It's kind of like blind shelf buying in some kind of way. Is what I'm, what I'm kind of doing. Um, and so I just treat the issue one for for what I see. And what I what I see here was a really fun issue one of of a story that one was a lot more visceral than I thought it was going to be. Um, when you mention things about like oh Batman going to be in it and things, you, you don't think this is more. I didn't like the use of the word term superhero when I read the synopsis after the fact because this is more a vigilante. It feels right. more feels more sort of kick-ass slash moon nighty in, in in a way. Okay. There's, there's there's certainly some ultra violence. If someone gets hit in the face with a bowling ball, it's probably going to do some damage. In this book, spoilers: people get hit in the face with a bowling ball, and it does a bit of damage. Uh, <laughs> there, there is, uh, you know, blood is spilled, and it, in more, there's a build up to it. Um, we start the story way back in 1986. When you see this kid leave, his dad's a bowling champion in this small town in America, and he gets bullied um, for who he is because he's just a Jewish kid, and there's these sort of anti-Semitic rich kids that are there, and then it, he basically loses a bet, and he has to leave the bowling alley and never come back. And then, and then it cuts to um, modern day when we see Levi sort of reclining on this Greenpeace boat. Um, he's now in, in the classic comic book way. He's got abs on him. There's clearly been a history, do you know what I mean, between then and now, before he was the skinny kid playing Paperboy in an arcade machine. He's also a stoner. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you get a few pages of um, him just sort of like kicking back before the captain of the Greenpeace boat calls him in and tells him that his father is is dying. of, of like He's got cancer and he's dying and he doesn't have long left and he should go see him. And you learn that Levi haven't, hasn't seen his dad for many, many years. So he's got to go back to his old stomping grounds. He hasn't been there for like eight, ten years or something like that. Um, and so we've got the setup there. Um, the, the classic, the, the, what this issue does, it does story tropes that, yes, we have seen before. But I'm not someone that's, you know, if you tell it right and if you tell it with the right kind of flavour and angle, or, you know, you've got a slightly different way of, of telling a story every story i mean we've seen every single story that there is um and certainly to to create a sort of a vigilante like kick out there, there was a mark millerish vibe that i got to this book in a way the sort okay. of the rhythm of it it's sort of beginning it was um i can tell like the three creators have sort of they've got these ideas and they they've come together and rick remender has definitely sort of taken this crafted it into like a comic book narrative and rhythm 
and forged it forward. And he's got a pretty, um, if you read the scumbag, he's got a sense of, you know, he's got quite a sense of humour on him, Rick, Rick Remender. And that that also filters through in this book as well. Um, there, there's a couple of, there's a couple of moments where it was fine when I was reading it, sort of guided view. There's a couple of scenes that were slightly, um, the, the scene between Captain and Levi seemed to be a, a lot longer than it needed to be. Um, I was like, oh, we could have gotten to there a little bit sooner. Um, the captain, who definitely looks like Bill Murray, if you read the read the book, he looks. <laughs> I, think, right. I think he looks. There's cert- but when I say there's there's likenesses, this isn't someone tracing a likeness. This is a, a, like a really talented cartoonist, like um, Roland Boshi, uh, which or Boshi, however you say his name. But um, yeah. ap- apologies, Roland. He clearly, it's a comic book artist. It's a it's a cartoonist. It's an illustrator taking doing their version of these people rather than yeah you know doing just what, putting a filter over not just putting picture. a filter over yeah. it yeah yeah for instance levi's dad when he's older is clearly very clearly jeff goldblum's dad from independence day i can't remember that <laughs> actor you know the one i'm talking about he was in taxi yeah i know yeah. The one it's very clearly him because i looked at him and i thought holy fuck it's him but it still works in the context of like the comic but i mean this artist um who worked on did an issue of Scumbag and he's worked on Wolverine. Brilliant yeah. work. Yeah, Brilliant I like his stuff. Okay, can I say this? I didn't buy this this week because I don't generally, as a rule, buy comics by comedians or musicians. Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? Do you I, know what I mean? And it may it may well surprise me as being better than I expected, but that's I, kind of I avoid. I didn't even look through it though. To be fair, so I, I didn't I even give think, it a crack. And I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, and I would normally be. It's worth it. I would normally be like that. Um, You're looking for a number one. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. I was looking for. Yeah, I was looking for a number one. This one had an interesting cover, and also. Yeah, the cover's quite Rick, interesting. Yeah, Rick, it's a little Rick bit Remender. cosmic-y feeling. There, yeah. the, the name Rick Remender made me think. Hmm. There's going to be a little bit. Yeah, that's more of a stamp of quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it does say the three of them do the story. It doesn't say character created by. There's no, there's no sort of. Yeah, I'm still suspicious. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, there's and, but the way it's sort of built up, it certainly, um, it goes to darker places than I thought it was going to. Um, and I, I not being a Jewish person, um, there's there's talks of like this Levi sort of cultural history, which Levi doesn't have a real connection to. But he's treated a certain way because of it. Um, it's it's handled pretty deftly, certainly in in the beginning of this book. I thought it's handled quite well, as well as it deals with. There's some quite sort of, you know, the bullies in school. Yeah, there's a real sort of they've taken that up to eleven to really sort of hammer that that point home. Um, but in some ways, when you have these, the birth of the vigilante or the birth of the hero. They usually have the same, you know. It, it's it. There's nothing. It's, it's almost like there's nothing new going on, and yet there's a different flavour to it that I really appreciated. Um, and by the end of that, the important thing by the end of the first issue, I was like, "Oh shit, what's going to happen in the next issue?" That's what another issue one has to do, right? And I am just to let the listeners know, I'm I follow up a lot of these comic books for the issue two and see if they keep my attention. They don't. Yeah. They don't always. Yeah, issue two is a funny one sometimes, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but certainly, for especially for forty-two pages of story, 
it's already had two issues. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's literally already <laughs> had two issues. And I'm like, okay, where's the next one? Um, there's a, a just a, a, a short little prose page in the back from Rick Remender, which if anyone takes that seriously, um, they need to just go out and see sunlight a bit more. Um, he's, he's got a, he's got a real sense of humour. He's talking about like the fact that they're just doing loads of drugs and they're living in mansions and they're just <laughs> the way he talks about his his, co, his, his co-creators um, is something <laughs> that their agents would be like, "What is he saying?" Uh, um, but this is, is that a little dig, someone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but this is um, yeah, it's well worth your time if you especially if you're a fan of like those sort of vigilante tales. You know, whether it be, I mean, going back to the the Marvel thing again, you know, the Moon Knights, the Iron Fist, those sort of street level, it all kick ass, you know, a street level person, but it's just someone with like a a bowling ball. I'm I'm, I'm interested to see how that actually sort of works because it, is, it isn't a mul- magic mystery bowling. man had that, didn't they? Yeah, but this doesn't this doesn't seem to be a magic bowling ball. But there's something about it where I feel there's a little something a little bit extra going on. Right. So, Holy Roller is definitely worth checking out because um, I'm interested to see where this story goes, and it feels like a, it's just a good issue, one of a vigilante story, which I haven't sort of had for a while. So there you go. That's my one. Oh. Nice one. Have you have you got any more, Dan? I've got one brief oh. one. Uh, yeah, very so brief. I just there's a couple of mentions on the um, on the Slack, so. Um, Mark Abnett, in relation to rivalries, has said um, villain hero combos Rob Lee, Rob Liefeld and Marvel. Yeah. Um, Kieran Squires has said Nightwing and Damian Wayne pain in the ass little brother angle makes it funny. And Matt Bunce said Doctor Doom Reed Richards rivalry is always a classic. Yeah. There you go. Just a couple there. Um, shall I do my one? Mine's very brief as well. So sure. mine is uh, flesh eating cheerleaders from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that classic. This is yeah issue one. It's got some variant covers. The first uh, the A cover. The cheerleader is always dressed. The B cover, the cheerleader is always in underwear. And the C cover, the cheerleader is always naked. So you guess where this is going. Um, uh. I've read all... <laughs> what uh. is that noise? Uh. Um, it's it's by Dren Productions. 18 plus audience, as you might expect. Colour 36 pages, £3.30 currently from Forbidden Planet. Author is James Maschia. Oh, it's Felipe, Philippe Obando. Colours from issue two, Beryl Vargas. Um Separately, a number of cheerleaders at the Pullman University, which I guess is somewhere in the US, stumble upon a small, thick, worm-like alien with the whole of its face's teeth that tunnel into humans through their mouths, mostly, although they could do another way at one point in the story. (laughs) And and they turn them into uh, flesh-eating cannibals. Um, And they totally devour people often, the whole body. Um, They... (laughs) Some, some, for some reason, it says in issue three, the more horny the victim is, the better they taste. So they always try and get them aroused at some point before, but uh, they always try and bone them first, basically, is what happens. Um, a couple of them are, are, are affected slightly differently. Well, a couple go full seducer. Um, there's a couple of um, triple X sequences, and a couple just sort of blank out and wake up, and there's a dead body next to them. I put an image of this of two cheerleaders tonguing each other but the, rather than tongues they're the sort of worm-like aliens coming out of their mouths i put that on the um the slack and uh rob hardingham rob hardingham got it so well done for reading it as well rob <laughs> hey nice <laughs> proud of you dude um <laughs> listen i'm not pretending this is anything more than a horror and porn exploitation series you know there's no way i, I could ever say is. this is this is deep and thoughtful um it's got some interesting ideas 
you know, it's not it's not another zombie book. It's not another fucking vampire book. You know, but it's clearly set up so the cheerleaders can get naked by people and then eat them. You know, this is just, just what it's about. In fact, I got a bit excited because I was reading... Oh, I got more than a bit excited, obviously. But I was reading it and I thought, oh, there's more than just five issues. But the, I think the last two issues that are shown on the app are um, like pin-up issues. Okay. Which I think a lot of them are the, the variant covers and stuff like that. It's... um, But it's just well done. It's just... It's not amazing. There's nothing too special about it, but... It's it's like watching a trashy horror movie. That's all I wanted. Sometimes we just want to watch trashy slasher movies. Yeah, yeah, sometimes, yeah. don't we? Yeah. yeah, with a lot of tits in them. Um, there's a lot of um. I've checked all the anatomical details in this, and they do seem very similar <laughs> to real <laughs> to real ladies. You know, so they're doing well with it. I'd like to applaud them for that. Um, it's not particularly a comic with a message, but I'm going to le- leave my um end my re- recommendation by saying read more trash. No, so I'm always surprised how much it's how much it uh, cheers you up. That's my. So I've go. got my last quick one, go for which it. is uh, from Matty Comics on. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, we follow Robo- him now on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Robocomic. It's a short <laughs> little fan made comic of uh, Robocop going out on patrol, and uh, he's informed by Captain Reed, "Try not to shoot anyone in the dick today, Robo." <laughs> and he says, "Gee, Sarge, there are a lot of awful lot of dicks out there." And the comic is Robocop's day as he tries not to shoot people in the dicks, which is surprisingly more difficult than you would imagine it, as as you find out in the last last page. So go check that out. It's only like a couple of quid. Uh, Great idea. Great idea. Nice. Is he based in the US, Matty, is he? I believe so, yes. Oh, we'd have, have to get him on. He does some good stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's been doing uh, the Joe Vember alongside Mike himself, nice. and uh, nice. he's putting some lovely stuff up. He, he did the uh, Fubar and Dunwich that I recommended last week. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah hear, hear, hear that, Matty? It's only a matter of time, my friend. We're coming for you. Yeah. But <laughs> our time this week is up, and we have. We hope you have enjoyed our little chat. Going down memory lane, talking about some truly great comic book rivalries uh, and more, and talking about some absolutely fantastic comic books that you should be checking out. And we hope you enjoyed it. And if there's anything that we... Uh, you enjoyed or you want us to check out or maybe there's an event or perhaps i said a name wrong so terribly wrong that you feel the need to uh don't go in any comment section just 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 get in touch with us and there's several different ways you can do it you can email us awesomecommentspod at gmail.com follow us on social media we're on uh we're on the the tweeting x thing at awesome (laughs) Hmm? at the awesome pod and we're on instagram which is Tony? I don't know. Hang on. Oh god. Fucking I think, hell. I think it's Awesome Comics Pod. Anyway, it is, it is Awesome Comics oh, Pod. Awesome Pod. Me. Pod. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to say with the uh, Facebook, the Awesome Comics chat that yes. will be shutting down. Yes, that yeah. is. We are closing the Facebook. Um, sort of. It was a nice place channel. for a while, but everything yeah, yeah. we want now is on the Slack. So well, there's loads of pornography Slack. and stuff in there, and it's like. Well, Obviously no, we there was, that, wasn't on that. It, that, but... that wasn't on that. Yeah. <laughs> that but, got posted up there eventually. But anyway, the doors will be closing on that. But certainly, there is the wonderful, Slack amazing the yeah. um, Slack community. Uh, whether you're a listener, whether you're just a comic fan, maybe you just want to talk about some comics, get in touch with us. You can join up there. Loads of different. And, and if you're thinking, oh, it's just going to be one thread of lots of people just talking yeah. about things I don't know, there is there are different channels for different discussions, whether it be um, just art threads, 
keep the conversation going, going about this episode. There are all kinds of things going on there. You need to discover it for yourself. Because Didn't we discuss doing a Christmas I think so. sketch I think so. Thing. Yeah, we will. As our next show will be the first show in we'll December. In December. Um, oh, all right. We're going to be winding down uh, the year and also getting a little bit festive. And we've got some... We've got some fun stuff. So, so love Christmas. Pay yeah. pay attention to those Slack uh, channels and groups because we'll be asking for your input mm. um, on this show. We want to hear from um, listeners you. and comic book yes, readers as well. So stay stay tuned for more. Of that. Bought the tree today. That's in the garden in the water bucket water now. Bloody hell! You already bought a tree. Yeah. Bloody hell! Bloody Don't fuck hell. about. Yeah. Why'd you put a plastic tree in water? Anyway, um... <laughs> is it the one with fake snow on it? They're cool, aren't they? <laughs> I started a rumour that what somebody at work had a white Christmas tree just for a laugh, and it went round so much people still rib him about it now. Nice. <laughs> Got to protect your uh, rep when Tony Esmond's around. Yeah, burn you down with <laughs> just that one comment. Something, something we've had a problem Ruined with for eight you know, years. David Tennant said, "Oh, isn't she looking old or something or tired?" And it just undoes the the prime minister's. <laughs> Tony does the same. <laughs> Back to Doctor Who, it's full circle. Oh, God. There you go, right, thank you for listening to us, whether it was on the website, awesomecomics.podbean.com. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, just uh, leave us a nice review. It helps <laughs> get the word out about the show and everything we talk about on a weekly basis. Also, if, you, if you're on Spotify, leave us a nice review on there. Yeah. You know, we've got a few nice reviews on there. So thank, oh, if you, no, thank you. Yeah, cool. if, if, thank you. you did, if you did leave a review, or whether it's just stars or whatever, thank you very much. We, yeah, we enjoy doing this. It's appreciated. And we, and we hope you enjoy it. We do it as put well. some effort into this. Yeah. Yeah, we try to. Occasionally, I read mm. something. Um, <laughs> and we're also on other networks like Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife. What other networks are we on, Tony? We're on Pod, the Pod Network. That bloke looks like he's got fake legs. He looks a bit like Kermit sitting on the couch. <laughs> don't worry, listeners. More of that soon. We don't know what he's talking about either. Um, the, the, the 10 people on the Drink and Draw on Friday will know. Well, well, there's nothing quite like doing an in-joke exactly. to 10 people, considering we've got... I also got a phrase in earlier. I bet they're proud of me. Oh, I missed that. Shit. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but don't worry, we're not all in-jokes on this show. Plans it's, within it's, plans. It's just Tony. Yeah. So wheels within wheels. Go, go forth. Um, Nietzsche. And spread, <laughs> spread the good word of comics. And while you're doing so, check out the likes of... Tony, where can they find you? Neveronanything.com. I'm still putting up my column every week. My favourite read. <laughs> my least favourite read. Ooh, uh... Boys. <laughs> boys, boys, boys. Just looking Dan's for a looking good time. for a good time. Look, looking for a webcomic. And that webcomic <laughs> is Vanguard. <laughs> Vanguardcomic.com. <laughs> or you can catch up with me on uh, Instagram, which is at, at Dan Vanguard, something like that. And I'm on Twitter, obviously, talking shit. Nice. Nice. And uh, yeah, follow his Patreon as well because then you see all the sketches before anyone else. Yeah, we're on yeah. the gram. Don't forget we're on the yeah. gram. Let's do the gram. Yeah, and you can find me anywhere at Jester Diablo. Thank you very much for listening, as always, folks. Join us back here, same awesome time, same awesome channel for um, some probably irreverent comic book chatter, yeah. highbrow conversation about. Today was real fanboy chat, wasn't it? I love it. Yeah, we've got yeah. Dan's highbrow corner now. That's a new yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Highbrow, lowbrow. Yeah, yeah. No brow. But wherever you are in the world, whenever you listen to this, we hope you're doing okay, happy, healthy, enjoying the comics you're reading, enjoying the comics you're making, and telling other people about cool Mm. comics because that's the way that comics 
get bigger because usually it's not like through marketing and stuff. It's by good work. Never get smaller if you don't stop staring at them. I'm going to put Tony back in his box now, but we'll see you next week. (laughs) And from Dan, Tony and myself, read loads of comics, make loads of comics. And as always, what should they do, guys? Stay Stay awesome. awesome. See ya. Bye.